Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz, yeah, he's an egomaniac. Yeah, he was a bad dude, but this guy put him there. You groomed him. You set him up for this amazing success that he had, and then when he destroyed lives and destroyed your church, it's on your shoulders. It's not the media's fault. Hey, man, I love a challenge. I love a challenge. <laughs> Do you? I'm excited about all that's ahead of Are us. Are you? God is illuminating us. I believe that enables us to dream these wide... <sighs> Amen. God is illuminating us. I believe that enables us to dream these wild and crazy dreams. What? 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 Oh, oh, yeah. Is it bad? Oh. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hit, Hit the, the bar. bar. I'm Steve Kozar. I'm Paulette Kozar. And we've got Lucy Kozar in her Basta sweater. Somebody knitted this for us. And we thank you very much. We just love it. And she loves it. And it's got a little turtleneck. And I got my Basta sweatshirt on. I got nothing Basta. Tonight is a Basta night. You know why? Because we're going to say Basta to Hillsong. We are <laughs> tired of Hillsong. Was it make it go away or enough? That's it. Basta. Enough. Yeah. Isn't that what that means? And her sweater probably won't stay on. Because <laughs> she'll be warm. She might be too warm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got a bunch of stuff planned, and uh, I have a feeling we're not going to be able to get through it all without this being even longer than our unusually long videos are. Yeah. So uh, then what are you thinking? I'm just going to see how far... Oh, we should turn this thing on. That would help. Hey, you know, the other thing that I want to mention is I want to say... Um, Shout out to all of our campuses all over the world. Hey, how's it going, everybody? We're so excited to have you here on our show tonight. And all of our campuses all over the world. Wow, what's God going to do today? It's going to be a miracle. It will be. Okay. Okay. Is it going? Okay. Okay. The, uh, the thing I want to do is I want to talk about Hillsong. And there's already been some really good videos. If you don't know... Here we go. Mm. This is going to be a... Mm. What's wrong? Well, I have some things up. Um, most of you already know this, but I want to keep reminding you, I have a huge website with tons of resources, and it's called The Messed Up Church. Just go to themessedupchurch.com. Mm -hmm. There's actually an old blog that I started years ago. It's still up, and it looks terrible, and people are using it to spam stuff every once in a while. I get a notice <laughs> that somebody made a comment, and it's, you could make $4,500 a month. <laughs> Hey, did you look into it? No, I did not. Well, we're missing out. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, so I just uh, posted again the, the Brian Houston and Hillsong Cornucopia of False Doctrine. And I have these articles. I call them Cornucopias because calling them a compilation article wasn't good enough for Mr. Artsy-Fartsy Steve Kozar. So, so anyway, it's got a bunch of articles, and I keep updating it with all the news that's going on. And the thing that I really agree with, and Chris Roseborough made a video about a week ago. I'll put that in the description. I'll put that cornucopia in the description. Anything related to this, I will put in the description of this video. He's and, been doing this too long today. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Chris made a video where he just really summarized the situation that we're in. Or I should say that they're in. that they're in, and we as a as an overall, you know, supposedly Bible believing, supposedly evangelical church, we're all kind of in this position where we really need to look much harder at. Yeah, Brian Houston was a real problem. Yeah, uh, Carl Lenz was a huge problem. The 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 culture of Hillsong, the abuse at Hillsong, it's all really bad, and it's all been brought out in this Discovery Plus. Yeah. Um, 
documentary, which mm-hmm. we watched just uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it has a slant to it. This is not a, a documentary that's trying to paint Hillsong in a nice light at all. No. But they have a lot of facts. Right. And they're interviewing people from Hillsong who have left Hillsong who are talking about what it was like being in Hillsong and their experiences and yeah. and the um the abuse that they suffered through. So. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that we as Christians need to be willing to say maybe this was done by liberals in the media. But maybe they're right more than they're wrong. Maybe what they're saying is something that we need to admit to and not really be tolerant of anymore, you know? Um, and she goes. <laughs> it's starting to get spring here, so. There. She'll, she'll probably end up laying on the ground because it's yeah. cement. We don't have a finished basement here. So so anyway, that, that whole topic of... This isn't just a problem with Brian, uh, I was going to say Brian Hillsong, <laughs> Brian Houston. <laughs> Might um, as well be. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a problem with the, at the core, bad theology. That's, yeah. That's, I think, what I want to say. And I want to use that as a starting point to talk about uh, a really good way of thinking about uh, a whole category, one way or the other, of oh, you get down? how we think as, as, as supposedly Bible-believing evangelical Christians. And, um, sorry, she's just really panting. It's okay, honey. Can you lay, lay down. down? Lay down. She will. Just don't roll over. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll all hear it if he we'll does. We'll have a really, um, we'll get a lot of views on our video. <laughs> no. Man rolls over his own dog during video. Um, the theology of the cross versus the theology of glory. These are two broad categories. Martin Luther was the guy who originally kind of came up with that little model, that little uh, kind of a diagnosis or a way of putting a, a theological grid over a whole way of thinking. And I want to recommend, you know, I'm, I'm going to... See, we I have... have the, we don't I, have a bowl down here for her. We do her, do you? Usually when she pants like this, she has to drink. I'm just thinking. So the theology of the cross versus the theology of glory, that's not what I wanted. I want to show you an article. I believe I still have it up here. This is the book that I've been recommending, by the way, and it's out of print. And I just saw that it is available on, if you don't know about Abe Books, abebooks.com, it's the it's internet bookstore of all the bookstores. And you can uh, almost always find the best price here. But on this topic, what you're going to see with Brian Houston and the new Pastrix, who just gave a sermon last week, they are teaching the theology of glory, and it comes from a very distinctly word of faith or word faith uh, theological position. It, it isn't just Bible teaching. It isn't just you know, a guy opening up his Bible and telling you what the Bible says, he's viewing the Bible through the lens of word faith theology, sometimes called word of faith, which which morphed into almost entirely into the New Apostolic Reformation. There's very little difference between those two. And here's the article. I'm going to put this in in the description of this video. In case you don't okay. know, Lucy has lost most of her sight. That's why we're worried about bumping into her or her bumping into us. 
Put it further back. I am. Okay. If you don't know where in my studio where I normally paint, this is normally where I paint. He hasn't been doing that for a while because he's been busy yeah. with all this stuff. Yeah. So Gene Veith is a guy I really recommend. He's a, a really thoughtful writer. Um, he's not a, uh, technically he's not a theologian, although I think he's a great theologian. He's technically uh, an English professor. Um, but I just want to read a little bit of this. And by the way, this is actually was reprinted on the um, the Ligonier website a long time ago. This is from March of 2008. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read the whole thing because I don't know where to start and stop. Mother Teresa was a living saint, according to the popular mind, compassionately caring for the sick and dying and projecting a love that brought cynical secularists to their knees. After her death, the Vatican put her on a fast track to sainthood. But then a book on her life published some of her personal writings that showed Mother Teresa was racked with spiritual depression in a sense that God had abandoned her. The atheist Christopher Hitchens, who had earlier written a book attacking Mother Teresa for her pro-life views, crowed at the news. I always think of... Uh, <laughs> book. I, was, I was thinking about um, Arrested Development. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, see, he wrote in Newsweek, she didn't believe in this Christianity stuff at all. But even many who admired her were flabbergasted that this saintly woman who talked so much about serving Christ had trouble feeling his presence. Maybe she wasn't a saint after all. For me, though, the news of Mother Teresa's dark night of the soul made me think that maybe she really was a saint. Not in the Roman Catholic sense of a spiritual superhero, but in the biblical sense of a sinner whose hope is in Christ and not in herself. She did not follow her feelings, trust in her good works, or enjoy mystical experiences. Rather, she walked by faith and not by sight. Now, I'm not a real expert on uh, Mother Teresa. She's actually a controversial Roman Catholic figure. And Jean Veith is like us. He's a confessional Lutheran. Mm -hmm. So I think he's just saying this kind of off the cuff. I don't know if that's something that could be tested. And it's really not the point of this article. He's just using that as a starting point to the real point. Luther was like that. He was subject to titanic glooms as the poet Francis Thompson called them, times of spiritual struggle, terror, and despair. But Luther said that these inner trials drove him to trust the word of God, not his feelings, and to cling not to his experiences, but to the objective cross of Jesus Christ. In writing about these matters, Luther identified what would become our contemporary culture's blind spot when it comes to spiritual matters. He distinguished between what he called a theology of glory and the theology of the cross. A theology of glory expects total success, finding all the answers, winning all the battles, and living happily ever after. The theology of glory is all about my strength, my power, and my works. A theologian of glory expects his church to be perfect and always to grow. If a theologian of glory gets sick, he expects God to heal him. And if he experiences failure and weakness, if his church has problems, and if he is not healed, then he is often utterly confused, questioning the sufficiency of his faith and sometimes questioning the very existence of God. But, Luther pointed out, when God chose to save us, he did not follow the way of glory. He did not come as a great hero king, defeating his enemies and establishing a mighty kingdom on earth. Rather, he came as a baby laid in an animal trough, a man of sorrows with no place to lay his head. And he saved us by the weakness and shame of dying on a cross. Those who follow him will have crosses of their own. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's from Matthew 16.24. Not that we have to suffer for our own sins, but faith in the gospel, putting our trust in what Christ accomplished for us on his cross, entails acknowledging our own weakness, the failure of, the failure of our own works, the complete 
abnegation of our glory. And as we find ourselves in the cross of Jesus, we find him in the far lesser crosses that we have to bear. When Christians suffer, according to Luther, Christ is with us in our suffering. Spiritual depression can drive us closer to him who knows better than anyone what it feels like to be racked with physical pain, to be abandoned and rejected by those he loved, to be forsaken by his father. In Luther's terms, Christ is hidden in our sufferings. If a child is hiding in the room, we do not see him, but he is nevertheless there. Similarly, in our sufferings, we do not perceive the hidden Christ, but he is nevertheless truly present to be apprehended by faith. To be sure, after the cross, Christ was glorified. God raised him from the dead, and he ascended to God's right hand, and Christ will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And we too are raised to new life. We too will be glorified in the eternal life to come, where we where we really will experience victory, have all of our problems washed away, and enjoy complete understanding. But our access to that glory is through the cross. To God alone be glory, we say. Notice how the critical word in those Reformation slogans is alone, or sola. God does have glory in himself, but we do not. Even in the secular spheres, contemporary Americans are mad after the theology of glory, expecting success on the job, perfect families, and either self-help remedies or government action to solve all our problems. But Americans today cannot handle suffering. We would rather die than suffer. We would rather be killed than suffer. Send for Dr. Kevorkian. But the truth of Christianity is evident in that everyone does, in fact, have problems, struggles, and sufferings. And this can be their point of contact for Christ, who, on the cross, not only was wounded for our transgressions, but also has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So thanks for letting me read. On You're never supposed to read in videos. I say oh, that's, that's bad. That was really good. I mean, that really does surmise what the churches, like Hillsong, are focused on and the word of faith is all about healing yep. and glory yep. and riches and what's wrong with you? How come you're not healed? So, Although when there's no healing, like with... Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, I think about, you know, Bill Johnson's wife, not healed of cancer. We don't talk about that. They He doesn't talk about that. They had a night, what, a month or two ago of prayer, you know, praying and um, begging God, you know, to... Yeah. And also... It was a Sunday morning. Okay, and um, also commanding. Yep. And and you know I did a whole video on that if you haven't seen it. Right. It, it is <clears throat> what Bill Johnson does really well is he just says ignores the fact that no one's no, healed because <laughs> people do bring it up. Yeah. And he says we can't create this theology of suffering. If you admit there's suffering, you're creating a theology that allows suffering. So he denies the reality that's around him, and he says we got to keep trying. And this really brings a tremendous burden. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're not saying you shouldn't pray and ask God to heal you. We should ask God for the things that we need, and sometimes we need healing. But if... But God is sovereign, and he has the right to say yes or no. We can't demand anything from God. You know, or, you know, declare and decree and yes. demand this and yes. demand that in God's name. But we demand it. It's like, who are we? You know, God, God exactly. is... Um, She's doing good. Okay. God is sovereign. And we know many of you are suffering every day and have suffered for years in some kind of um, illness, you know, within the body. And that's a reality and that's a fact. And on this side of heaven, we're going to suffer, whether it's spiritual suffering, um, physically, or even emotionally suffering. So, I want to recommend uh, a book. I don't know if this will show up on the screen. I'll probably just put a thing in there. But probably. It's from the same writer, and it's called... 
the spirituality of the cross, which is his way of kind of changing the phrase of the theology of the cross to the spirituality of the cross. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's not a real big book, and uh, he's a really gifted writer. Uh, it was originally published, I think, like 20 years ago. This is the revised edition, uh, which was published in 2010. So The Spirituality of the Cross by Gene Edward Veith, Jr., and his blog is on Pathios. So I'll put a link to this. Now, having started with that, we're going to look at some things. And uh, I want you to see that the theology of glory is the problem with Hillsong, if you were to try to put it in a nutshell. And it is the same theology this week as it was a year ago, as it was 20 years ago. And I'm going to start with showing you, this is from January 20th of 2021. So just a little over a year ago. And I'm going to put this on the full screen here. We need some sound, Kozar. Oh, yeah, it's coming. You'll also notice that I changed the speed. I cannot stand listening to Brian Houston, and I found that if I increase the speed, he's not so irritating. <laughs> he's irritating, but not as irritating. Hmm. And also, it's because Hillsong, even though we are within the use, the fair use laws, if they see you using any of their content in any way at all, even if it's legal, they will give you a copyright strike. And uh, so I have to alter the sound of the voice. I have to also alter the way it looks. Even though we're, we're, we're using a camera to video our own yeah. screen, they would still try to take this down. So that's why it looks a little weird and sounds a little weird. And Father, we can look to you and turn to you and know the authority we have as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ over whatever it is that's trying to rob us and rule us today. Thank you, Father that through Jesus Christ, we're called to reign over those circumstances and situations that try to blight us. If I want to talk to you about your authority in Christ, about spiritual... That was the opening prayer. Now he's getting into the content. Authority. You see, sometimes in life, there are situations, circumstances where we need to be fully aware. This is called the crushed snake spiritual authority. It's hard to I'm just who we are in Christ and what Christ has won for us and what... Christ is able to do in us and through us and whatever it is that right now challenges your world. Maybe the things in your heart, the things you believe God for. Thank God that greater is he that's in you than anything or anybody that is working against you. So he's already expressed almost perfectly the theology of glory. Right. Whatever's going on in whatever circumstance, I mean, anything that's not going the way you want it to, well, that's why Jesus died on the cross. Right. You, your business isn't doing well. Maybe it's because you have a crummy business. Maybe because people aren't buying the thing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or going to that place. Maybe the competitor's business has a better product. Yeah. And you can't expect Jesus, his death on the cross, to somehow make your business better than it really is. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray that God would bless your efforts. Well, but, well, I think a really good example in our own personal life is you being an artist, you know, and we would go to art shows on weekends and you were making a very good living doing that. And then 2008 hit with yeah. the housing crisis and the economy crash and people were just trying to keep their homes. Yeah. And here he's finding that somebody turned off the faucet and people aren't buying My prints in, anymore. If, in a, was that God or was that just the way the economy was? In a, I think about a three or four year span, mm -hmm. my gross sales weren't cut in half they weren't cut in it was like a 75 percent drop yeah i yeah. sure it was in like in three years 
Something like it that. It was really quick. I'm trying to block this out, actually. And it's only by God's grace that we're in this house and that we Oof, are still yeah. together. And yeah. <laughs> but but what I find interesting, we were in the Word of Faith movement at that time. Thinking, we were going to a charismatic church right. that had elements of Word of Faith teaching. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you know what? What are we doing wrong? Yes. What are you doing? We got to find the man. We got to find what. Right. We 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 were fasting. We were yeah. praying. We were going to all the meetings, and people were giving us prophetic words that yeah, said, you know, over and over again, millionaire this and millionaire that, and your breakthroughs right around the corner. So we've done all that stuff. Yeah, and it's it's it is a burden, and it's very disheartening, and you know. It's not uncommon for people to lose their faith because oh, yeah. of believing in all of this. That's mumbo jumbo. So, and by the way, if you want to watch the whole, is it going to be one whole sermon? Are you going to put? Remember I'm actually, how we, I'm pulling from three different sermons, okay. but I'll put them all there. But we hit the bar and interrupt each other so oh, that yeah. we can talk. So there's links below if you just want to watch the whole it's thing. Adam and Eve in the garden. They uh, well lived in perfect bliss. They're in harmony with God, harmony with each other, harmony with their surroundings. They were created by God, for God. The scripture says that we're created for his pleasure. So it was all about fellowshipping with him, communion with him. Do you hear the people? Yep, 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 yep. I would bet money if I was a gambling man, which I'm not. (laughs) Thank God. I would bet money that he's got... You know, the the peanut gallery, because they are way too enthusiastic. Almost everything he says, they're going, yeah, yep, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, right, amen. This is is not a good speaker. (laughs) I don't know how he got this far. Um, Anyway. Things could not have been more... Notice I haven't hit the bar yet. (laughs) What you're going to hear him teach is a word of faith, dominionist understanding of the Christian faith. Okay. That's what he's going to be teaching here. This is not a normal Christian Protestant evangelical teaching whatsoever. And if you don't know that, it's because you're probably part of this world and this is all you know. But a hundred years ago, nobody was teaching this. This really started only like uh, to be prominent in the 1950s, 60s and, and, and more recently. Or oh, perfect. Humanity, you and I, were created for God's purposes. And they were created for God's purposes and God gave them all that authority they needed. To fulfill his purpose. Listen to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. It talks about the dominion, the dominion, the dominion that God gave humanity. And so dominion, dominion, dominion. God created humanity and gave them authority. Dominion to rule and reign. Dominion to rule and reign. It was the will of God originally for you and I to live brimful and God-given potential. To fulfill a God-given purpose. Have the God-given authority to pursue it. The authority, the authority, the authority to fulfill that potential and to know his purpose, experience his purpose and <laughs> be on course with purpose. No, in the in the garden, there was no sin or anything. They were just living. They didn't have purpose. I mean, yeah, you think He's Adam living. and Eve are saying, gee, I wonder what my purpose is. <laughs> I think our purpose might be just tilling the garden. Yeah, yeah, maybe just eating, eating the fruit over here. They and, were dreamers, honey. Oh, you they don't were know. dreamers. Yeah. I'm going to have the best What's tomatoes ever in my garden. Yeah, I don't know who my uh, com- competition is, well, but I got, them, I got them crushed. You see, they didn't have Rick Warren's purpose-driven life yet. That's, that's they didn't know bad, any better. Right? Yeah. But obviously, Adam and Eve's act of disobedience, original sin, uh... Uh, they sinned against God. 
What was lost was all God had given them. <laughs> you are stopping it so much. Well, why don't you try stopping it? I can't. You're before me. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be sitting here uh, nodding my head. He's been preparing for this um, for days. You know what? Let me. I'll let him go some Thank more. Thank you. <laughs> that potential, that purpose, that authority. And uh, we're all lost outside of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of them too. Okay, so here's the point that he's making. <laughs> okay. And I just want to make this really super clear. The the point that he's trying to make, and he's combining some things that are true with things that are not true, and they kind of... Conflate. They conflate. Mm -hmm. Not inflate. That would be like a balloon or something. They, they, they merge together so that you can't tell when one stops and the other one begins. But he's saying that you are going to have this incredible dominion and, you know, full of purpose and meaning, and you are going to be like... I don't know, Tony Robbins. The entire human race was supposed to be Tony Robbins or, you know, Joel Osteen or something. But because of what happened with our sin, we don't we don't reach our potential like we were supposed to. That's really the crux of the problem that Jesus came to solve when he died on the cross. He was getting creating a, a way for us to get back to our potential. Mm -hmm. And he's just reading all of that into the Bible. It's just not, not there. there. Yeah, right. it's and it sounds exactly like Tony Robbins. It sounds like any motivational speaker. Everybody wants to have purpose. They want to feel like they matter. They want to be part of something bigger. Hillsong meets that need with almost entirely uh, unbiblical, unchristian means. If you took away the rock music, Hillsong would dissolve in 20 minutes. And, and I'm uh, a lot of you know this, but I was on a worship team. We played their music. It's good music as far as it goes. It's hypnotic, <laughs> and it puts you into a state of compliance. You're in a state of uh, a modified form of hypnosis. And this guy is not a good speaker. He is not a smart man in terms of really knowing what he's talking about. He's just regurgitating word of faith theology. And the reason he's able to do much of what he does is because the crowd has been prepped by a worship team. Just look at the numbers, people. Go to Hillsong on YouTube and look at how many people watch his sermons versus how many people listen to the songs. And I think it's got to be like a 10 to 1, maybe a 50 to 1 ratio. I went to socialblade.com, the analytical website, and here's what I found. The Hillsong Church YouTube channel, where they have their sermons, is doing pretty good. Half a million subscribers, about 45.7 million video views, 9,000 new subscribers every month, and uh, 786,000 video views in the last 30 days. That's, that's good. Now here's the worship channel, where, which is all music. 8 million subscribers, 3.2 billion video views, 90,000 new subscribers in the last 30 days, and 50 million video views in the last 30 days. So Hillsong Music is roughly 10, 20 or so times more popular than Hillsong Preaching. If you just look at the number of video views, you can see that uh, on the music side, some of their videos have millions of views. Millions. And, you know, even the small one is in the tens of thousands. But if you go to the channel where it's all sermons, it's much different. Here you can see the views for some of the most recent sermons. 15,000 is a high number, 10,000, 4,000, 11,000, 5,000. That's what the number is for sermons. Here you can see a chart, Hillsong Worship, and you can see the baseline is 50 million views per month. And sometimes it goes way above that. Now here's the views on their church channel. You can see they uh, 
got rid of some videos at one point. That's where that big drop comes from. But basically, it's hovering at uh, less than a million views per month. I want to just show you this one more time. 50 million video views per month, 8 million subscribers, 3.2 billion video views. But the church itself has 786,000 views per month, half a million subscribers. This is like Bethel. Very, very similar to the numbers at Bethel. Uh, Saddleback Church has the same number of subscribers and actually has a million views. Life Church has half a million subscribers and 1.2 million. And then here's Joel Osteen's church, Lakewood Church, has not quite a half a million subscribers, but 1.2 million views. So Hillsong is really dependent on its music for its great popularity. So this, this idea that they are an example of dominating the world is, is falling apart in the midst of us right now. It's, you know, pastors are saying we're going to you know, jump ship, and I'm, I'm just about positive we're go going to see many more of them in the, in the months ahead. But he, it, this was just a little over a year ago, talking about what it means to be a real Christian, and that is to take dominion and to have authority, because that's what Jesus won on the cross. In that moment, they lost our dominion, our authority. They plunged us into a darkness, and it was then and I would imagine the ugliest of snakes, serpents, started taunting and tempting them. Here they were living with dominion in harmony and this temptation, which we all perhaps know of, <laughs> it destroyed so much. So, think about that uh, serpent. He hadn't been cursed yet. And, and so, and, and so, I don't know, maybe... Before the curse, he was beautiful. Who knows? But what the serpent did is sowed seeds of doubt in God. In his now, he's going to talk about doubt because he's got a major job to do right here, uh, a, year, a year ago, January, and that is to keep this thing going. So if you think about that, kind of in the back of his mind, a lot of what he says makes so much sense from the standpoint of I, I'm, I'm running this giant ship and there's a lot of bad stuff happening and it looks really bad for us. So I've got to link doubt with sin, which is true. It, doubt is, is connected to sin very much so. We're not supposed to doubt. We're supposed to trust in God. But it's always doubt in what's happening at Hillsong that he's trying to get people to stop doing. And you'll see that more and more as we go character and God's character and God's words and his integrity and in his goodness just started sowing seeds of doubt. Do you know that's what the devil loves to do? Just sow seeds of doubt with you right now, whatever's happening in your life, with your family, with your children, with your job, your career, with any other part of your life. Just little seeds of doubt. Which will So again, what if you got a business and it's not doing well and he's saying, you know, that's the devil. He's right. sowing seeds of doubt in your business. Mm -hmm. And you've got people saying, hey, uh, friend, I got some advice about your business. I think you're doing some things wrong here. I think you need to shut this down before you lose it all. And you go, aha, there's the devil. <clears throat> he's, he's, you know, God told me I'm supposed to have this business. This is, this is the thing that we've been talking about on Hit the Bar over and over and over again. And they all do this. They all combine everything that's going wrong in your life with, you know, it's the devil. It's never just the real world that we live in. We'll always diminish whatever spiritual authority we have. And so in Genesis 3 verse 1, 
It talks about that serpent and says the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? First time he starts to sow doubt. Did God really say? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Well, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it. By the way, check it out. God didn't actually say that. He didn't actually say you must not touch it or you will die. But he definitely spoke about not touching that tree in the middle of the garden, if not that word. And then the devil, you won't die. You'll not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, Adam, who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised they were naked. Something happened. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. I really didn't think of this current season. The devil is playing with a lot of people's heads. I think isolation does funny things for people. So many of the things we take for granted or have taken for granted aspects of our lives that are being closed down. Uh, effectively so much that was just normal, natural to us. It's, it's just not normal and natural anymore. Simple things like let's just talk about going to church. Getting the kids ready early in the morning, driving to church, being so kind to everybody else in the car park. Make sure you park so your door doesn't bang another car. You look after everyone around. I mean, sitting right next to your friends and not four square metres away. Four square metres, I've uh, been in services with four square metres apart and I'm telling you, when you can't sing, everyone's got masks and you're four square metres apart. It's not exactly exciting. So... It's true. I, we didn't like having to wear masks in, in our church because that was the law here in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. It's not exciting. Mm -hmm. That's a big component of what makes Hillsong tick. And when they had to be further apart from each other and they had to wear a mask, he's saying it's not exciting. So he's kind of hinting at, you know, what's making this thing work and what's made it hard for some people. Mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to find things to blame besides Satan, you know, the mask and all mm -hmm. that. The way that we know church to be. Thank God we can bring it right into your home, though. That's a pretty powerful thing. So even just being able to open your mouth and full ball, even if you can't sing in tune, just praise God and praise your heart out. Those are the things, just some of the things. That's just relating to coming to church. I think too many people have got too much time to think. And for some people, the enemy is trying to pry you loose from God and His promises and from that purpose I've spoken about. And how does he do that? He does it the same way as with Adam and Eve. By sowing doubt, causing questions, attempting to throw shade on God and His character. And if you or I cave into the enemy's schemes, we too can end up losing our grip on all God has given us. All his promises for our lives, his beautiful, beautiful promises for our lives. So I'm very committed to not letting that happen. To remember the authority, authority, authority. I have as a son, a son of God. And I pray you also will resolve in tough times. So what's one of the great ironies of this sermon? I mean, they believe in... in, in um healing, right? I mean, why would they be afraid of getting sick and why why would they do that? But that's true with all of them. I'm saying specifically 
I don't know. You've been you've been watching these guys and know their well, we just timeline watched better. We, we just watched the documentary. Well, and we're what talking did, about what did he just do? Carl Lenz. Before, I mean, that was before, but right in the last month, what did he just do? I don't know. He stepped down. Oh, that's right. He's talking about how we're gonna keep going and we're not. Yeah, you know, we're plowing through, and it's a little and, bit more a year later, and he stepped down. Not only did he step down, but he was forced to, right? Uh, th that's a good question. He is under. He's been under investigation for almost a decade now because his father. If you don't know this, Hillsong before it was called Hillsong was a church started by Frank Houston, Brian's father, who was a horrendous pedophile. He was a very creepy, dark character. Ugh. And man. Brian Houston uh, found out about the fact that Frank Houston. His father had been this, and he did not go to the authorities, which was against the law, yep. and a big time against the law, to where now he's facing imprisonment for not yep. submitting that information to the authorities about his father. And he's just been making excuses for it the whole time. Right. So he had to, um, he had to, I think he did it in two steps. First, he said, I'm, I'm kind of uh, not retiring completely, but I'm stepping away for a while because I have to focus on my upcoming trial. But then he did step away completely. And then it just came out that he had these inappropriate relationships with women. And then, in just this past week, his wife made a big fuss. Well, he made a big fuss about his wife because she was asked to step down as well. Which, I'm actually glad that Hillsong actually has some kind of a board that actually has any authority at all to ask her to step down. And she was very offended. She was very offended. He was very offended. But the uh, Hillsong statement was that, well, we already had a meeting. We already talked to her in person about this. When we were about to send the email, uh, one of the one of the board members sent a text message to her saying, hey, we're about to send you an email with your formal resignation. Just wanted to give you a heads up. And, and she said, how dare they tell me about this in a text message without meeting in person? And so as of last week, and you're, we're going to see the sermon from the female pastor that's been supposed <clears throat> to be replacing them. She's trying to clean up the mess, and she's using the same exact, you know, bad theology to say everything's turning flowers and unicorns and rainbows. It's great. We just got to keep trusting and believing. And, you know, if you're in a church that has bad theology, and then the church falls apart, and they do fall apart. I mean, we were going to a church that a lot of stuff fell apart. Mm -hmm. Pastor left, son-in-law son yeah. took over, a bunch yeah. of stuff. And you're never told anything about the reality of the situation. You're all supposed to ignore it. Or you're supposed to say, well, it's, a, it's an attack of Satan. We just yeah. got to pray harder. Right. We're it's, doing something right. because somebody fell into sin and yes. had an issue. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what you see here. And if you have had a struggle with a church and you have been told it's all Satan and you got to pray harder and you got to try harder, we kind of want to say that may not be the case at all. It may be that there was a, just a bunch of bad decisions made by people with bad theology, and it fell apart, and it happens all the time. It's not good that it happens all the time, but it does happen all the time. And you're not that special just because you had a church split. I, I would think the special church would be the one that never had a split, because it's, it's so common. That you're going to stand firm. Yeah. You're going to remember the authority you have. Yeah. 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 We've seen some immense opposition in recent times. I've been reminding myself of the authority we have in Jesus Christ. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Let's keep reminding ourselves of that. In your personal circumstance, greater is he that is in you. That's where your authority comes from than anything that will come against you. But if you let So how is he taking that out of context? 
Well, it's it's talking about the the way that we overcome sin through Christ. We overcome the devil in the sense that we are not to be punished for our sins. We don't have to suffer an eternity in hell because of our sins. So that's what the real focus is in the, in the Bible. It's now we do have some power to overcome some sin. We're we're never going to be sinless completely, but yeah, uh, Christians don't live the life they used to live when they weren't Christians. You know, we're we're uh, mostly. I think the the real difference is when we sin, we're like, oh, we well, the Holy Spirit convicts us, us of exactly. our sin. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is what's really hard to understand about a guy like Carl Lentz. Yeah. Who was a narcissist? He was a textbook narcissist. Yeah. And again, if you don't know the story, Carl Lentz was groomed by the Hillsong people from a young age. His dad was the lawyer who drew up the plans, the uh, corporate plans or the corporate uh, bylaws for Hillsong. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. In fact, uh, my friend Barry Bowen is the guy from the Trinity Foundation who wrote an article about that. It's in my cornucopia. Uh, uh, did I leave that here? Yeah. The Dangerous Legal Structures of Hillsong. Barry's in the in the documentary. I, I want to interview him for one of my... Uh, I keep talking about doing interviews. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, but they basically create a, a system, and this was Carl Lentz's dad came up with this type of a uh, legal document that says the corporation will have no members. And by doing that, it makes it so that nobody within the church has any say over anything that takes place. It's always run by the board, the, the people at the very top. Yeah. So, so, uh, so Carl Lentz started the Hillsong New York, and it was just incredibly popular. He was an absolute rock star. He was an egomaniac. He was a control freak. He was domineering. He was a sexual predator. Right. Multiple women are publicly stating this, most famously the one that he was having an affair with for six months. Who could use a little bit more wisdom? Lentz was known as a rock star priest at Hillsong, a church previously frequented by celebrities like Chris Pratt and Vanessa Hudgens, and followed online by more than half a million people. I just want to love people more. I just want to love Carl more. Renine Kareem says when she met Lentz five months ago, they began what she calls a consensual affair, in spite of what she thought were red flags, including him telling her not to Google him, saving her number in the Notes app instead of his contact list, and refusing to tell her his last name or what he did for a living, despite regularly posting photos of himself online with Hollywood elite and NBA stars, something she says she didn't know at first. He's like, you know, I work for, with celebrities, and I say, what exactly do you do? And he keeps saying, um, I manage celebrities and I travel with them. He didn't want to say what he does. Did you think that was a red flag? He, he won't give you his last name? Yeah, it was. Because, I don't know, it was really strange. Kareem says she searched online and found out more about him. I realized that he's the pastor from Hillsong. And I was like, oh, I was at this church like six years ago. You had been to Hillsong? One time. Only one time. She says she confronted him. I told him, I know who you are, and I'm not here to judge you. But I have a question. I was like, like, there's something wrong with your marriage? That you're sitting here with me? He said, no, it's like, it's you. Kareem says she tried to break the relationship off several times, but that Lentz kept coming back to her until late October when she says his wife, Laura, found out about their alleged affair. Did he call you to tell you? Is that what he did? It was a phone call? Yeah, he called me at midnight and he said, my wife, he was in the hallway, you can hear he was in the hallway, he's like, my wife found out and um, 
I gotta go, I gotta go. And I was like, I was devastated. The next month, Hillsong firing him, citing several reasons, including, quote, moral failures. Lentz later admitting online that he had been unfaithful in my marriage without saying who he had been with. Hillsong has now begun an investigation into the culture of the church, but Kareem says Lentz's rising celebrity may have contributed to his behavior. When you give somebody so much power, they become God to people. So that's all in the documentary. I also have a playlist of Hillsong videos uh, confronting Brian Houston and Hillsong, and I keep updating it. There's dozens of videos, uh, little news clips and things like that. One of the things that comes out in the documentary is that, uh, uh, I wanted to say Frank um, Lentz, Carl Lentz, was so popular that there's speculation that he was, a, he was about to break away from Hillsong. He's like, I don't need Brian Houston. I don't need Hillsong. I'm big enough that I can run this whole thing myself and I can keep everything. I can run the whole thing. I can make all the money. And Brian Houston was like, this guy's cramping our style because he's getting more popular than me. Well, when, when Carl Lentz was shown to have this affair because the woman came out publicly, that's when it seems like Brian Houston did do the right thing by, by um, uh, what do you call it? Firing him, basically. Mm -hmm. But I think Brian Houston was going, yes, I finally got a reason to fire this guy and look like the, the brave moral hero mm -hmm. in the situation, even though he lost a very popular pastor and a ton of people. And money, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, still, he now was able to control. But here it is just a little over a year later, and he's losing even more so. So this whole idea of dominion is something he himself is not doing in his own life and the church itself is not doing. That's how it go for a while. Yeah. The devil's doubts and lies take over. You lose your God-given authority, authority, authority. The God-given spiritual authority, which enables you to stand and having done all, still to stand. How can you unleash that spiritual authority and just keep standing firm? Stand fast. Like the Bible talks about stand fast, stand firm. First, I think, we've got to know where our authority comes from. Ultimately, it comes from God. He gave Adam and Eve dominion before the original sin. But then, of course, that dominion, that authority was lost by Adam and Eve in the garden, like I've been speaking about. But it was one back. And it was one back for you. You have spiritual authority because of only one. His name is Jesus. Amen. And the amazing thing is that Jesus' victory, Jesus' power, Jesus' authority was foreshadowed way back in the garden when God spoke to the man, he spoke to the woman, he spoke to the serpent. Right back there, the authority that will be yours again through Jesus Christ was foreshadowed. Where does it say? In verse 13 to verse 15, Genesis 3, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. He said, on your belly you shall go. This is when the serpent was cursed to crawl on your belly. You shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I do wonder if that's the moment when the serpent was told he would crawl and creep. I do wonder what he did. Maybe before that a serpent could fly. <laughs> Maybe they had legs. Maybe they... Remember, I sped this up quite a bit. <laughs> it's an upright. Who knows? 
Maybe they look much better. <laughs> we just know now, if there's a serpent nearby, uh, I'm not going to be there for long. Uh, one of my sons has a fascination with snakes, by the way. Who cares? He, he kept one for a long time in his bedroom in a cage. And one day a friend was looking after it and it disappeared. <laughs> Who knows where it is today? Like I said at the beginning, the only nice snake is a dead snake. So think about it for a moment, those verses. Just think about them again. Because those verses are powerful. It does definitely condemn the serpent to the ground to creep and crawl. But it goes on and starts to speak about the seed of the woman and, and the seed of the woman, the virgin, Jesus. The scripture says he would about crush the head of that snake, but his own head, so rather his own heel would be bruised. And this is the cross. It's exactly the cross. It's exactly what Christ has done on that cross. Yes, Jesus' life was taken, but we know he rose again, so see that like a bruised heel. But it was on the cross, and then after the cross, before the resurrection, in hell itself, that Jesus won victory. In hell itself, that Jesus won victory and crushed the head of the devil. So that's the word of faith teaching, that the real victory was what Jesus did in hell, conquering the devil in mm. hell. This is word of faith theology. He slipped it in there really quickly. Mm, but, he did. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the traditional Protestant biblical teaching is that what Christ did was he died on the cross. That's when he atoned for our sin. And then he showed and that's he when God. he was separate from his father when he yeah. was hanging on that cross. When he said, Father, why have thou forsaken me? And he did go to hell in a sense that it was just a time where he was, he was buried. And we don't really have a lot of, about that. We have a few verses that indicate he was in hell. But you could say that it was just burial. But he didn't do anything there that was theologically important. Mm -hmm. It's all about what he did on the cross. Right. This is a confusing issue. Some people think when... Uh, he descended into hell. Yeah. When that's used in the, um, that's in the Apostles' Creed, is that the, the Nicene Creed? Nicene Creed, I think. They think, oh, no, no, that's the word of faith heresy. No, it doesn't say he descended into hell and defeated the devil in hell mm -hmm. and had this battle in hell. Right. That's what he's teaching. It's just that he went to hell or he was buried. We don't, there's no theological significance to what happened when he was dead. Who was it that was, when we were in high school, he was doing music yes. and he, yeah. he spoke it. He did that. That was Carmen's. That he, yes, Carmen. He had that whole thing uh -huh. about how Jesus was in hell and he battled the devil. Yeah, he and had like on a, the third the day, Rocky he won. And, he had the Rocky yeah, music. That's and he, word of faith. Huh. Yep. The devil is a defeated foe. You are on the winning side. So you're on the winning side because the devil has been defeated in hell. And that means that you can get anything you want in this life. You just got to claim it the right way. Okay. Which nobody does. He's not even doing it. Yes, there's the evidence of things coming against you. See the victory we have in Jesus and the authority, 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 ultimately, that he has given us. <laughs> this crushing of Satan's head, is, it's what happened on the cross and plenty of scriptures talk about. In Colossians 2, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him having forgiven all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed, listen, here it is, disarmed principalities and powers. We have victory over dark demon powers, know that. He 
We have victory over dark demon powers. Know that. That's what he's taking from this verse. Now, i got to give him credit. He's reading the actual Bible. He's, he's read more of the Bible than any of the shows we've ever done, I think, I think so, so far. It's possible. I'm not sure we might be missing one or two, but for the most part... But then he can be even that much more deceptive. That's a really good point. It, it, it is true that we want to see people reading from a text. Mm -hmm. From Scripture. Yes. Um, and it, it really helps when they're either just going through an entire book or they're using a historic <laughs> liturgy, which forces them to stick within a series of three texts. And it's always a, a, a theme based around Christ. It's always a theme based around the gospel. Uh, but he wanted to start with a with the theme of um, crushing the serpent's head. So mm -hmm. it's all about having victory. <clears throat> um, 2, 13 to 15. I'm going to read this from our um, Evangelical Heritage Version. Even when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to the cross. After disarming the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them by triumphing over, the, over them in Christ. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you in regard to food or drink, Oh, he ended at the previous verse. Or in regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. But it's all in there. Yeah. Um, this is this is about the <clears throat> victory that we have in Christ over sin and the the eternal punishment that we deserve. We don't have to worry about that. We're, we're not the ones that are triumphant. Christ is triumphant on our behalf so that we can have eternal life. He's turning it into, as quick as he can, he tells you what it means. He read it, but then he said, this is all about us having victory over, you know, complete victory over the devil in this life. And of course, anything that goes wrong in Hillsong is whose fault? It's the, the devil's devil. fault. Mm -hmm. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Well, Jesus won back my authority. And he won back your authority. Not the kind of authority that usurped and pushes people around. Oh, no. Not that kind of authority. No, not the kind not. of authority that gives you a badge and makes you feel important. No, this is a spiritual authority. Domin Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, like he's not interested in having any sense of authority. Global pastor Brian Houston. How many more campuses do you have now? <laughs> How many more countries are you in? I, I, uh, I got to be honest. I want to shove this in his face. That's what I want to do with this video. I want to shove this in his face, not because I have a personal vendetta against him. I Obviously, I don't know the guy. But he's really bragging about all of his authority right here, just a little over a year ago. And he's a bully behind the scenes, from the sounds of it. He was pushy. He was egotistical. He wanted his way. He was... Uh, there's the story of that couple who had the church in, uh, I think it was in right. Ukraine. Yep. Right? It was in the Ukraine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where he was an absolute bully to them. And he they, he, they needed to send money to yes. them. They yes. Needed to, and that's how it is with all the churches. They have to, I don't know how much money or tithe, a certain it's tithe. Kind of a, it's kind of a franchise deal. Yeah, it's a franchise. And you have to yep. pay your money. And here they're saying, you know, we, we're poor. You know, we just started this church, and we don't have the money. And anyway, it's it's a really good documentary. I would. Encourage. And there's also an article on the, that couple in the Cornucopia, because they were in one of the major newspapers with their huh. story. So yeah, they were bullied by him. Yep. Uh, let's keep going. Over those things, uh, we'll try to rob you of all the blessing of God, and now all of a sudden, because Jesus has won back that authority. You can rule as a son of God, as a daughter of the... He's really driving us into the ground. Yes. Isn't he? 
So what I find interesting, of course, he doesn't bring in any of what Jesus did say, what we can expect while we're on earth. I'm scooting ahead. <laughs> You're the scooter. Com com complainer lady who was worried I was stopping the bar yet again. I haven't stopped it once. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Under Jesus' fate at the cross and resurrection. And now the scripture says he can be crushed under your feet. Mm. You're just like Jesus. The scripture says he can be crushed <laughs> under your feet. That's right. Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under whose feet? Your feet. Under your feet. Okay. Bring up, bring up the Romans uh, chapter and verse. Uh, Romans 16, 20. He's, got, he's using the NIV. You got one right there. I got my glasses. Stop yawning. I... You can't yawn. They can yawn at home, but you can't yawn on Sorry. camera. It's just we do this at night after we gotta, I'm done with work, so I, we gotta, I'm tired. We gotta keep up the... Matthew Mark. Hey, we gotta Gen keep X up the, the positive attitude. <laughs> I'm just so excited to be here. I can, I can, I can uh, yawn positively. <gasps> <laughs> okay. It's a victorious yawn. It's a victorious... I'm, I have a victory over not falling asleep. Uh, this is, I'm going to go uh, to the verse, a couple of verses earlier, starting at 17. Okay. This is Romans 16, 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Ha! Huh. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be as wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So this is the closing comments uh, at the end of his letter to the Romans. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sassipater, my kinsman. So, um, I mean, if you want to read into that, you know, Paul is telling everyone that you've got this dominion and power and authority to crush Satan in every area of life, even when it's starting a business. And So the NIV and um, the study Bible, it says uh, for, yep, verse 20. Here we go. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. A startling juxtaposition reminding us of the, quote, peace, Hebrew shalom, that God intends to establish, involves an ultimate victory over evil. Paul alludes to the first promise of redemption given in the Garden of Eden. God promised that Eve's offspring would crush Satan's head. That's in Genesis 3.15. Yeah, which is something that he could have made reference to. Yeah, but what I think was would would be a healthy way to look at this is not what I'm going to do, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, crushing Satan and being in heaven, I am now, because I am one of God's children, I am a fellow heir with Christ, mm -hmm. I will be in heaven. And that's what it's about. And that's how we ultimately defeat evil. Yes. By dying in the faith. It's not so much that we defeat evil, that we overcome it, I guess you could say, because... No matter what happens in this life, and there are people around the world who are being killed for their faith. Right. I, this this sermon has absolutely no application to right. martyrs. Right. To the actual people who wrote the Bible. Right. This doesn't apply to them because they were martyrs for their faith. He's telling them, oh, no, you won't be a martyr. Mm -hmm. You're going to have dominion. 
And so then if you, which Pastor Chris always says, you know, let scripture explain scripture. Yes. So this part does not explain, you know, what he's trying to shove down your throat as far as what to believe. I mean. Yeah. He's a crushed snake. So let me ask you, now that you've got that spiritual authority. Get out there and try how harder. How are you going to use it and utilize it to stand against the onslaught, maybe the constant onslaught of the enemy? In the same way that the serpent stole from Adam and Eve in the garden, he seeks to steal from you and from me. And maybe he's bombarding you with just subtle little insidious questions in an attempt to tempt you to start doubting God. Maybe it's questions about Hillsong and all the things that are coming out in the news. Let me let me jump ahead here a little bit more because I know I put a little marker here because we're somebody keeps hitting the bar and it's taking forever. Uh, let me just just jump in somewhere. And then how he attacks us, and maybe you can identify it with. I've talked about questioning the word of God, mm. sowing doubt. There's a part in here that I wanted to get to, and I should have somehow made it easier to find, but I think I passed it up. But he's talking about you shouldn't doubt the word of God. And then he, at the same time, says when you've got, gotten a prophetic word from somebody, you shouldn't doubt that. Maybe it doesn't come true yet. You've got to hold firm to the word of God. So he equates getting a word from somebody with the actual word of God, which is really... Blasphemous. It was, and it just hurts people. Yeah, it is. It hurt us. Number one. What the devil did in his temptation of Adam and Eve is question the word of God. Did God really say? Maybe Have you ever been in that place where maybe you felt you had a word from God, a promise from him, and the doubt starts creeping in? Did God really say? Where maybe you felt you had a word from God, a promise from him, and the doubt starts creeping in? Did God really say? Now we're going to go to July 31st. This is we are six, in the... Six so, months later. So This is six months later. Okay, so what I want to reiterate, what we just said about, if you're equating what you heard from God or somebody gave you a word, that this is the word from God, like what we had, they're equating it to, if it's from God, then it's from God, mm -hmm. which is why I say it's blasphemous, because there's only one true word of God. Now maybe God, of course, leads us and encourages us and guides and directs us, and we pray for that. But to have somebody come and say, you know, brother, mm -hmm. I believe God said to me to tell you this is a word from him. That's where it gets to be dicey. Really dicey. Mm -hmm. At best. You're exactly right. Okay, six Let's months later. Together. I'm really talking about unity. And I, what I intend to do is, well, this week in this message, I'm going to take two weeks. In this first part of the message, I'm going to set it up. And then next weekend, Sunday morning, I'm going to bring it home. So make sure you're part of church next weekend as well. So I'll be speaking on Isaiah 55. And I've been focusing on verses 8 and 9. And just to remind you, those verses say this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. And he says, his thoughts are higher than our Thought. This reminds me of the, um, was it in the Dingbat Prophets? They were quoting this, and then they were explaining about how they knew yeah. what God meant. He's going to do the same thing. <laughs> He's going to say, we have to try to get God's thoughts. After oh. reading the verse that says, okay. you can't have God's thoughts. Here we thoughts. go. Hang on. I love those verses, and I love really what that represents. And so, represents. what are our thoughts? 
Well, your thoughts is your knowledge, it's your beliefs, it's your attitudes, it's your prevailing state of mind. And then our ways are our conduct, the way we conduct. The sad keyboards never stop for this whole sermon. It's a so bad it's, keyboard. Well, it's always it's also raised up a bit, so it's a little bit higher pitched. And it sounds like it's from. Um, no, it's not a higher pitch. The yeah, it is higher pitch. That's right, and it's faster. Okay. It sounds a little more corny at this yes, speed. Yes, that's it. Yourselves, obviously, our habits, our behavior, and it's our character. And so, our thoughts and ways fall far short of God's thoughts and ways. That's Imagine true. if you could increasingly exchange your thoughts and ways. And think and live according to God's higher ways. What would your life look like? I wonder what would change, even in your circumstances, if we could just die to our own thoughts and ways and lift up to a higher way of thinking and ways that are so much higher than ours that they, well, David prayed it. Psalm 25, verse 4. He said to the Lord, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. What a powerful prayer. I want to know God's ways. I want to know God's thoughts. But man, it's going to take a lift into my thinking because God's thoughts and God's ways are always infinitely higher than ours. The Bible says the way of the life for the righteous winds upwards. The path of life for the righteous winds upwards. So the, the simple idea here, that this is confusing to you, I want to clarify. When God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, it's true. Obviously, he's God. I mean, you really need to think about and God. And you can never really come to the place where you know his his thoughts. Right. But outside of holy the Holy Scripture. What he wants us to know, he has revealed. That's what Christians believe. That's why right. we have one holy book. This is the Word of God. It's not one of the words of God. Right. It's the Word of God. So everything that he wants us to know is there. And how he thinks and his ways are all here. And not even completely how he thinks. No, but what he wants to reveal right. to us. What he wants right. to us to know is there. Right. So, But he's saying we need to ask God... To reveal more to us. Which is a what? That's Gnosticism. Exactly. Which uh, charismatics are guilty of to a large extent. Uh, it's almost fundamental to the idea that, you know, you hear from God in many ways. You hear from God in the Bible and you hear from him in your mind and your prayers and the people around you and in the uh, nature, blah, blah, blah. If you If you go down that road... It becomes really easy to say, well, I think God is saying this to me, or I think God is like this. To me, God is blah, 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 blah. Well, that's just you. And if it is God, how do you know for sure? It could just as well. It's always a 50-50 guess if it's not in the written word. Right. So this is what it means to be a Protestant Christian. We have one word of God. It's the Bible. Right. By the way, I forgot to mention how I put these groovy lights in here to add some color to our background. And right now we kind of match Wow. Uh, the screen, see? Yeah. Which actually, I, I saturated the colors so I wouldn't have the same colors as okay. the original. How's she doing? She's doing good? She's breathing. <laughs> or she's breathing. And God, if we start entering in and tapping into his way of thinking. and If you want to tap into his way of thinking, what do you do? You just have to go up there and tap. Yeah. <laughs> you just... The, the, he's talking about the winding road upwards, Which and involves, you have to get up there and tap. But first, you got to listen to a couple hours of Hillsong praise music. Yeah, and you got to sway back and forth. And then you'll even hear after the music God. stops, and you got to keep swaying. It's uncanny how God sounds like you. <laughs> That's right. He's anyway. in favor of everything you're in favor of. Yeah. To be honest, the way He teaches us to live, it's always going to take us upwards. See? That's just the truth. So I spoke last week about the first place we grow, go to learn about God's thoughts and ways. And his name is Jesus. That's the first place we go. I said his ways are nobler, 
nobler, they are bigger, and they lead you to such better incomes. Such better <laughs> incomes. So today, with all this in mind, I had to stop that and replay it because I'm like, that came out of nowhere, left yeah, field, yeah. total left field. And maybe he meant outcomes, and he just it was a slip of the tongue because he's not talking about money at all. Right? He talks about money a lot, but he wasn't right here. So I'm gonna just let that go as possibly a Freudian like, slip. Yeah, a Freudian, a Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Yeah. Right. Let's remember the three words we've made our faith goal this year: rescue, restore, and rebuild. How's that going for you, Brian? <laughs> Uh, you're no longer the pastor, neither is your wife. Uh, you've had a bunch of churches leave the Hillsong Three. cult. I mean, uh... Okay, on that note, let's take a look at a video that was made just two months ago. It's a promo video with the new senior pastors. And just like a lot of this video, I had to alter the speed, uh, going fast and slow and all sorts of things to avoid copyright strikes from Hillsong. More than ever, our prayer is this year... We have healthy church, healthy church community. People are welcomed back. People feel like this is a place that truly is a home where they can relax and be themselves and experience this favor and grace of God on their lives. I am grateful for the season that we've been in. I'm grateful for the season of where God is taking us. I'm grateful for the season of where God is taking us. And we're going to see Him do the most amazing, supernatural, unprecedented. It's amazing, supernatural, supernatural, unprecedented things. Even in the world, if there is chaos and even if there is disorder, in the waiting, He's going to bring completeness and perfection. Beautiful. God's favor for Hillsong Church 2022. It is all of those things from Jubilee that we are going to feel the weight of debt of heavy burdens lifted. I'm believing for people to find freedom and new beginnings. That this is going to be a year of God doing, God doing, God doing, God doing new fresh things in our church and right across the world that there's New, exciting branches, branches, branches. Kind of moving, growing forward and with beautiful new fruit on them. This favor, favor, favor that we're experiencing going, wow, God, you're so gracious and you're so kind and we are so grateful. I'm believing in 2022 that we're going to see a united church. Favor, favor. A church of generations and races and ethnicities. Favor, favor. All united around the cause of Jesus Christ. So after we've heard the new global super pastors, Phil and Lucinda Dooley, the very next person is the pastor of the Hillsong Phoenix Church, Terry Christ, who makes this claim about the great unity that would be experienced in the year 2022. He said this two months ago. Here's what he's saying about a month later. This past week, we were all saddened to hear of Pastor Brian's resignation. I know you feel the weight of that. As do I. Favor. His continuation as our senior pastor was not tenable. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of disagreement around that across our world, including, as some of you will have read by now, within our own board and within our own eldership. And I'm not breaking that news. It's out there. I'm just trying to summon the courage to face it. And sadly, as a result of that, it has become clear that we cannot continue in our global family as much as we love it. And so we have chosen this week to withdraw 
from being Hillsong Church. First, why are we taking this action? Over the past year, following the sin that was exposed in Hillsong Church, New York City, and the subsequent investigation that was conducted into sexual misconduct and into financial misappropriation, I encourage the results of that report to be made in some general form. I understand the sensitivity of that. I ask that the report be redacted so names could be protected. I ask that the report be synopsized so that we could embrace accountability and transparency. And for whatever reason, that request was denied. As information began to leak out as to what was in the report, and as the global board made the decision to increase financial controls within the churches, lead pastors were suddenly asked to sign NDAs and non-competes. Some of us couldn't do that in good conscience. And this has played out in recent weeks. It came down in recent weeks to the demand that we sign non-disclosure agreements and non-competes, meaning that if we were removed from our positions, we could not plant churches again within our community for at least one year. Last Saturday, after months of trying to gain approval to reseat our local board, we formally requested the release of our church back to us. But in 2017, there was a global restructuring. We spoke about it at the time. We had concerns about it at the time. We were clear with it in our financial annual disclosure meetings at the time. And in the course of the global restructuring, our governance was reassigned along with our corporate corporation, along with our church. We wanted to continue by returning governance and accountability, but even continuing with the banner Hillsong Phoenix for many reasons, including our love, our deep love for Hillsong College. Sadly, the board refused our request. And I was told this past week, it is, quote, all or nothing. Close quote. We either had to allow the global board to govern our church and to own our properties, or we had to leave. And so with great sadness, I chose to leave. I'm believing in 2022 that we're going to see a united church. So with great sadness, I chose to leave. Before you feel too sorry and have too much sympathy for this guy, you need to realize that he took his church and he branded it with the Hillsong uh, label in 2016, claiming that this was the clearest instructions from God that he'd ever gotten. He was incredibly pro-Hillsong. And now when things are looking really bad, he's jumping ship. Sorry, Grandpa Skinny Jeans, but you're the one who jumped on the Hillsong bandwagon, and now you are finally jumping off. You never should have been there to begin with. Now here's another clip from that very slick Hillsong promo video from February of 2022. Revival is on the rise here in the U.S. A return of the move of the Holy Spirit. Five weeks later... Setting the tone for Sunday service, Pastor Sam Collier, formerly of Hillsong Atlanta, didn't shy away from addressing the scandals that rocked the global congregation. Love Pastors Brian and Bobby, but yet um, we're able to recognize where some mistakes were made. Collier, who became the first black pastor in the church's global network in June of 2021, announced earlier in the week that Sunday service would be the church's last as Hillsong Atlanta. A statement on social media said in part, it's become difficult to lead and grow a young church in this environment. And you know, people don't come to church for scandal. They come to church um, to have a safe place. His announcement came after a series of scandals involving Hillsong's founder, Brian Houston, and the sister church in New York. Revival is on the rise here 
in the U.S. A return of the move of the Holy Spirit. So he's claiming all this stuff's going to happen. This wasn't even a year ago. This was six months ago. No, No. this was uh, middle of last year. So here we are in uh, April. So, what, nine, ten months ago? Okay. And I've told the church here. You know, if you're yawning, honey, one of the things that can really help... Keep me busy. ...is having a... Minji beef jerky. Why? That sounds like it would be fun, and I would like that. The people that own this company watch our show. Thanks, you guys. They sent we us a box it. of this, and they're really good. Really good. And uh, and yes, that would help me stay awake. This it is, is the good. original flavor. The original flavor. It looks like mingua, but it says in the back here it's pronounced minji. I'm going to have one more before you put it down. And you know what's really cool? They're from Paris, Kentucky. Yeah. And right outside of Paris, Kentucky is where the... Um, the um, something revival. Cane. Cane Ridge revival took mm-hmm. place, which I want to go visit and film. So if I am able to do that, I'm going to visit you guys. And I'm, I'll be with them. And I'm going to come and get some free samples. Or we'll buy some. <laughs> we can buy some. And we maybe, already have free samples. Yeah. Thank you. On New Year's Eve into 2020, I sat in the dark on a bench at Bondi Beach and was just contemplating the year gone and what a crazy year it was and praying about the year ahead. And I felt like the Lord put those three words in my spirit, that we're going to believe God, that he's going to rescue, he's going to restore, and he's going to rebuild. And some people already have testimonies. Favor. Can we come up with our own three hours? <laughs> um, and you mean for his life? For the, for the truth of where what Hillsong happened is at here? right now. Um, was it rebuild? It was... We got. I got. I'll insert this later. I yeah. I'm not. I'm not clever enough right now. No, me yeah. neither. <laughs> Instead of the three R's that Brian has: rescue, restore, and rebuild, I thought of compromise, cripple, and confuse. Of God doing exactly that. Rip I'm down. Full of faith. <laughs> I'm full of faith that God wants to rip. Rip off. <laughs> rescue you and restore and rebuild His purposes in people's lives and of course across His great church. And in this instance, I'm thinking specifically our church. Our church. That God is going to rescue, he will restore, and he will rebuild. I mean, this COVID pandemic. So he's not using scripture as the basis for his sermon. No. It's the three things that he believes God told him. Mm -hmm. The three things that aren't going really well since he came out out with this sermon. Right. He's had a significant impact on churches Mm. all over the world. And that does include our church. I speak to a lot of pastors in a lot of different places around the world. And so many are facing challenges in this season that we believe in a rescuer as a God, a restorer and a rebuilder. And we're so thankful for that. There is a lot of rebuilding to do for the Church of Jesus Christ worldwide. In fact, really, we know for the world at large, there's so much rebuilding. to. I think he's going to have to really focus on that rescue one at this point. But he's going to have to rebuild if he ever stays out of jail. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, this is just really ironic. And uh, here, here's here's the thing that I think um, people do get offended when it seems like we're overly harsh. Right. Or laughing. The scriptural uh, parameters for a pastor are pretty clear, and he does not meet them. He's, he's not qualified to have this gigantic mega church, which really isn't a church. It's really a publishing company. Uh, and that's 
not just me stating an opinion, which I have stated. I've been blogging about this for, you know, eight years or so. Mm -hmm. And I've called it a giant corporation, a giant publishing mm -hmm. company. It really is. They have multiple uh, limited liability companies where all the money goes from all of the, the publishing rights for all the music. And it's a... He's a multimillionaire. We don't even know how much he has. Uh, when you're a pastor, you don't have to reveal that. Mm. I don't know exactly about the laws in uh, Australia, but in general, pastors are... You know, they can hide what they make. Um, and they can hide it in, in a number of different ways. He could actually have uh, shell companies where the money's being funneled so that even the people in his own church wouldn't be able to find out. And He could have some money stuffed right into his mattress. He, <laughs> he could have invested it all into beef jerky. <laughs> you know, that keeps for a long time. That's right. To do. I'm believing to see that rebuild happening in people's lives. And when I say people... In your life. Sorry to point. Isn't he like a cheesy insurance salesman? <laughs> With this policy, your his, family is secure. Slicked back hair. No offense to the insurance salesman. Ned Ryerson. Bang! Phil, I sell insurance. What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you could always use a little more. No, that's... that's, that's, that's no. That would be offending insurance salesmen. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Sorry, insurance salesman. We're just, we're just doing a, um, what is it, a... Stereotype. That's it, stereotype. Yeah. We all have stereotypes. But I want you to understand, God is going to do the rebuild in your life. He'll rescue you from trouble, he'll restore what the devil's taken, and he will rebuild whatever has been torn down. You know what? So that's a gigantic promise he's making. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it literally applies to anything you want it to. Mm-hmm. Whatever's gone wrong, it will be fixed. And he's promising that. He's not saying, pray to God and ask for him to help you. That's, that's God told him. God told him that there's going to be this great rebuilding taking place, mm -hmm. specifically in his church. Mm -hmm. You know, the church is falling apart as we speak. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm totally committed to that rebuild. I'm up for it. And Are so you? Tea. And what's more, well, I'm ravaging. believing God will ravaging. do a quick work. I mean, that's what he promises when Resending. it comes to eternity. <laughs> and when it comes to his purposes on earth... He says he will do a quick work. I'm recoiling. <clears throat> Believing oh. God for that quick work. But ultimately, however long it's going to take, we're going to give it our absolute best. Hey, man, I love a challenge. Hmm. I love a challenge. <laughs> do you? I'm excited about all that's ahead of Are us. Are you? And so, <laughs> yes, God did not bring you and I this far for nothing. And I've seen how he's... He's including everybody with him. If I was at Hillsong, I'd be like, I'm not with you, Charlie. I found out about what's really going on behind the scenes, and I'm not part of this anymore. Sorry. And you know what? If you are conflicted because you go to one of these churches or a church like that, you really are not under any obligation to follow a pastor who isn't worth following, who's been discredited, who's not following the Bible, who doesn't meet the scriptural uh, parameters for being a, a sound teacher. You don't allow yourself to be manipulated right. by them any longer because right. that's what they do. They manipulate you and they yes, they wield much. the power of what they know and how to how to twist the word to keep you coming. This is another really good point and the fact that these churches over time have become a place where what happens on stage with the one guy and the cameras and the microphone is the only way you get information. Right. If that's how you get information about your church, you have absolutely no way of knowing for sure if that information is solid. In many cases, these churches are uh, doing kind of a publicity stunt every Sunday. 
they they paint a picture of what's really happening or what they want you to think is happening as opposed to what's really happening. Oh, God's doing an amazing thing. Just believe us. Listen to that emotional background music. Listen to that pastor. And we are in charge. And we're in charge and just trust us and don't ask questions behind the scenes. They don't even have meetings where you can... You know, go Question. and raise your pastor. What about blah 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 blah? They don't even allow that. They don't have members, right? <laughs> wow. Blessed our church for so much momentum over so many years, and we're grateful to him for that. I mean, hard to believe, but it's been 43 years since Bobby and I first started serving God in Sydney. He won't mention how we started that they took over Frank's church. He doesn't mention his dad. And you know what? There's always seasons. But as you know, and especially if you've done the journey with us, it's been a miraculous journey. There's no other way to describe it. Just trust us. And momentum has helped us reach more and more people and to expand from one single campus in the Hills District of Sydney to cities and nations all over the world. Expand to many other campuses in Sydney and then across Australia and then in nations and cities all over the world. But you know what? The most dangerous thing anyone can do is to presume on momentum. When you've got momentum, it feels like you've got it forever. So is that right? It's um. Is that an hour? Oh, these are good Ziploc bags. Is that by the way. is that an hour? Uh, it started on twelve, so it's kind of weird the way it's. I don't know. You want to try one of these Cajun ones? Sure. Here, you know what? Let's try this one in half. It's making me not fall asleep. There, see? Yes. Yay! Thank you. Um, so what's what are you saying? I already lost my train of thought. I did too. Uh, he has a way of doing that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just talking about... Oh, he's talking about how great their church is and their history. Oh, yeah. And he didn't mention his father at all. Yeah. But if we take it for granted... And, and oh, they've got all this momentum. Mm -hmm. So, if you're a volunteer... <laughs> I gotta get up. I gotta help park cars. I gotta move. I gotta unfold the chairs. I gotta, I gotta serve the coffee. I gotta clean up. I go, uh, this is another thing about the the whole Hillsong Empire that's been coming out is all these von volunteers are saying how miserable they were treated mm -hmm. and how the the pastors were treated like rock literally like rock stars. Mm -hmm. They didn't do any work at all and they had uh, credit cards with money that just was theirs to spend on whatever they wanted. They were going out to fancy places to eat. Meanwhile, the volunteers are setting up and taking down and doing all the work. Cleaning and they're the doing chairs it for free. and cleaning the floors and wiping down the bathrooms. So what is he saying to all these people who are working really hard? Don't quit working so hard because as soon as you do, everything's going to fall apart and it's going to be your fault. So we've got this momentum. Don't don't take it for granted. Keep going. Keep working. Wow. <laughs> Stay on that gerbil wheel. Well, we presume on it. Uh, that's a dangerous thing to do because that's when the cracks start appearing. And so you have to be intentional in your own life when it comes to blessing and momentum and progress. Don't take it for granted. Be intentional. Rebuilding is by its very nature and going back to basics. If you're rebuilding, it means you're going back to foundations and you're refocusing on the things. In this instance, the kind of heart and spirit that has always made our church who we are. Huh. And in this rebuilding... Okay, how many times did you listen to this? Um, all the way through completely. Yeah. N never all the way through completely. But you've listened... This area you've listened to quite a few times. Well, at least once or twice. Right. I mean, because I mean, I'm just sitting here for mm -hmm. the first time listening, yeah. and you're already like five steps ahead and pointing things out, and I feel behind. Sorry. <laughs> so what did you want to say about that, though? 
just you're right. I mean, yeah. just what you said about the volunteers. I'm like, I don't. I heard that. I was watching the documentary with you, yeah. but I'm like, I don't hear what he's how he's now. He's saying it more. Mm-hmm. It's he's making it more evident that yeah, you know, don't take it. Don't don't pull back. Now is not the time. Stay mm-hmm. on the gerbil wheel. Right. These verses in Isaiah 55, I believe, are pivotal. I'm thinking of us as a church, but I'm also thinking about your own life as well. I just think a focus on God's thoughts and ways is a perfect place for the rebuild to start. We've always wanted to build our church according to kingdom culture. I mean, I think of Bobby, and she said to our church uh, sometime in the last few months, she said, if it's not Christ-like, it's not our culture. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Woo! That's a doozy. Like the naked cowboy. That was Christ-like. The Sleazy Silent Night. In 2015, Chris Roseborough was doing Fighting for the Faith as an audio-only podcast, and I was blogging quite a bit on the Museum of Idolatry and on the Messed Up Church, all on pirate Christian media. And this was one of the articles that got hundreds of thousands of views back then. And here's a little bit of the video. This was part of a Hillsong Christmas production. This video was put up by Hillsong on the Hillsong YouTube channel. And when word got out about how basically it really seemed kind of sleazy, they said, oh, no, no, this was part of a larger production. And this was supposed to be a negative example of how people have commercialized Christmas. Somebody took us out of context, to which I wrote about and said, well, you you are the guys who put it on your channel. You're the guys who took it out of context and made it its own video on your channel, which they continually denied after they took it off their channel. Now, do some that. people may have no idea what you're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to put some edits in here, and I'm going to do some examples. Good. Okay. I was Before I was making YouTube videos, I was blogging, and I, I have tons of blog posts on the Museum of Idolatry and on the Messed Up Church going back to about 2013, 2014. And uh, so he's been documenting all these crazy things that Hillsong's done throughout the country, and throughout the world. You know what? This is. A, I'm glad you mentioned the Church Watch Central has been doing much more of it because mm-hmm. they're from Australia. Right. We're friends with them. We know them. They've been documenting to a much larger extent. And I feel like there are so many bad churches in America that we have not done nearly enough to try to expose Hillsong because there's just, you know, the arc. You could spend every week just talking about something from the arc, but you could also spend every week doing something about a Bethel-related church. Right. Because they're just spreading. Like... Cancer. Cancer, yes. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think that's so beautiful. If it's not Christ-like, it's not Hillsong's culture. Yeah. And of course, if we talk about kingdom culture, well, kingdom culture ultimately is best exemplified in the words and the life and the messages of Jesus. And so let's believe that our culture will always be kingdom culture. You see, ultimately... That's the culture that Jesus did teach and model, and it's the antithesis. I'm looking in his eyes, trying to see if anything's there. <laughs> nope. Like, if there's any, like, you know. That's not... If there's any, um... Any... 
conviction or, or gosh, I don't know, this is really wrong and I'm feeling like I'm lying right now. You know, I honestly have no idea what really goes on in a guy like this. I'm looking in his eyes and I don't know either. Of the world's way and the world's thoughts and the world's culture. I think of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And how Jesus said over and over again, you've heard it said, but now I say. So one example is, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, turn the other cheek. He taught an entirely different culture. And ultimately, it's a culture that aspires to God's higher thoughts and his higher ways. A kingdom culture is a culture that builds lives, that builds a flourishing, life-giving church. And it's one that makes a genuine, positive difference in a hurting and broken world. Except for all the people that it hurts. And you keep hurting and you keep breaking more people. Yeah. Five months after reporting the assault to Hillsong, a despondent Anna reached out to her dad, who is himself a pastor at his own church back in Pennsylvania. When you boil it down, do you, do you think Hillsong wanted Anna to be silenced? No doubt. Uh, Hillsong Church would certainly rather not have this go public. In your mind, did you think, okay, that's it, surely Hillsong has to cut ties with him now? I thought so, but then I found out from LinkedIn that he was given a better job during that time. According to a statement from Hillsong, Jason Mays was given a second chance because despite his guilty plea, some other people did not fully corroborate Anna's version of events. They further said, one of the cornerstones of our biblical beliefs as Christians is forgiveness and redemption. It is important Jason is allowed this as well. However, the Crenshaws believe Jason Mays was given preferential treatment because his father is Hillsong's head of human resources. Is it a case of rules for some? Oh yeah. Yeah, Jason Mays is part of an elite culture where it's rules for thee, but not for me. The decision to shelter Jason Mays upset a number of people within the Hillsong community. So church leader Brian Houston tried to clear the air. But when it came to the Jason Mays scandal, it was the Hillsong leader preaching diplomacy, reassuring staff that everything had been handled appropriately. One thing I do know is we're not talking about a sexual predator here. We're talking about a young man, young married man, who did something stupid, got much drunker than he should, which is an issue we've got to keep addressing, and got himself in a bad situation. That's it. But if you think that response was tone deaf, what Houston did next was even more outrageous. To deflect attention, he took to Twitter to share that Anna had also been abused as a child at her father's church in Pennsylvania. The Hillsong leader quickly realised the error of his ways and deleted the tweet. He admitted to his mistake, saying, I foolishly included information that was wrong for me to share. To rightfully be more respectful of privacy, I deleted my comment. I apologise for any pain I have caused. I know better and will do better. The tweet, while it was hurtful, it did just show everyone the attitude that I had been receiving from Hillsong for the past few years. And I think that apologizing just for the tweet without any apology for what has happened and what I've been through is 
very shallow apology. Sadly, Anna's story is not unique. Since going public, she's been contacted by a number of other former Hillsong members who claim the church is more worried about protecting the brand than protecting its people. And then after he was done, he just pulled up his pants and he just left without saying a word. And yeah. then you throw them away and you shove them aside and you pretend like they don't exist. Okay, I'm just going to mention this, but the original trial, there's um, the Royal Commission is what they call it in Australia. It's kind of like in here they would have a Senate hearing. Mm -hmm. They call it the Royal Commission in Australia with their form of uh, <clears throat> government. Mm -hmm. And this was in 2014. This is not new. There was a an adult who stepped forward under a oh, pseudonym. And a he male went, adult. He went into great detail about the way he was abused over and over and over again by Frank Houston. And as a child. As a child, yeah. Back in you know the like the early seventies or something. Right. And it's horrific. All right. Well, he eventually decided to go forward as an adult again, you know, a year two, three, five years later, I forgot the exact time frame. And nothing has happened. There has been no justice. Obviously, Frank Houston is dead, so you can't punish the guy. But this guy literally did break the law by not reporting his dad to the authorities because he was protecting his dad and he was protecting the brand name of Hillsong. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the bottom line that you, you kind of get from what he's really doing. He talks about this is the church of God. This is Christ's church. But really what it is, it's the Hillsong brand. Kingdom culture. Yeah, it's the Hillsong brand. I don't think brand. that happens in the kingdom. No. So this... This uh, this man, I forgot his name now, but it's just it's okay. really... I have that in my um, playlist of videos. Mm -hmm. You can actually see him talking about his story, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And if you don't have a stomach for it, I wouldn't recommend watching it. But this stuff needs to be exposed, and Christians should be the ones making it public knowledge. But in fact, it's the secular news agencies who, who wind up reporting this, which is... Uh, I don't think that's that's right at all. That's the kind of church I believe we are. And that's the kind of church, I pray, we will always be. Kingdom culture that presents a loving, saving, life-giving heart to the world. A loving, a saving, and a life-giving heart to the world. You know, I think about the media and... Do you have to do something because they might... They might you don't have them going fast or anything. He is going fast. Oh, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is so much better. Hey, Brian, going fast. Brian Houston, if you take one thing from this video, if you ever watch this, just speed yourself up every time. You're much more tolerable. You're you're unbearable to listen to at your normal human speed. Some of their nonsense, and you notice there's some things the media's they never ever talk about, like city care and the incredible work that they do. It's city culture in action. Okay, I'm just going to say this. All these mega churches, they have mm -hmm. a lot of money. And so if you have a lot of money, you can do good works in your community. Bethel does this. They they throw money at all sorts of things. And then you can make excuses and say, well, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Look at what's going on all in front here. Oh, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. It's like, this does not negate that. Well, because you're doing this doesn't mean right. that this doesn't matter. Thank you. You explained it good enough. <laughs> Just not too much more than, well, I guess 18 months ago. Now we had those horrible bushfires in various parts of Australia that burnt for months and months and months. And at the time... We were able, as a church, to sow significant amounts of money <clears throat> to the Salvation Army, who were on the front line, and to World Vision, and I think to Food Bank and others as well. 
You know, they could have just stopped the wildfires, just like Bethel could have stopped the wildfires. They've got dominion over the earth. Right. And the wildfires are, are from the devil. They have authority. Oh, yeah, they've got it. They can do He's whatever. He's teaching people how to use the authority yep. that you have. But he doesn't use it. No, he doesn't actually have it. You know what? The devil, if you want well, to know what go. he thinks about it, well, he thinks about a church that's committed to kingdom culture. He's threatened by it. Mm. He's intimidated by it. No wonder sometimes he'll rear his ugly head and do everything he can to try to destroy yeah. the purposes of God's kingdom. Wow, I feel... As you want to take... Another, another characteristic is, uh, it really became clear as we were watching this together, I was thinking about Carl Lentz, and in that documentary, they feature a lot of his story from the people who knew him and how <clears throat> he could cry on command. Oh, yeah. He was amazing on stage. He was putting on an incredible performance. I mean, they would literally bring him in a limo backstage. He had no connection to any of the staff people or the volunteers. Right, nobody could talk to him. They couldn't talk to him. He would come through the back hall, just like Elvis. Right. And he would go on stage and do this amazing thing, talking about Jesus and being humble and, you know, playing this part. And then he would get back in the limousine and go to some fancy restaurant somewhere. And um, I forgot the point that I was just about to make in, in regard money. Oh, oh uh, and how um, behind the scenes, nobody really saw what he was like, but he was good at getting sympathy when he was on stage. You know, oh, it's been really hard on me. You, you have no idea what I've been going through. <clears throat> so when you do something bad, you might admit to it a little bit, but then mm -hmm. you say, you know, this has been the hardest season of my life. Now, Todd White does that almost every time he gets on stage. Right. But this is something you're going to see from him as well. Not as much, though. At the moment, mostly, I don't talk about the attacks our church faces. That's why I'm going to talk about the Some attacks. Some of the challenges we have. I'd rather just keep preaching faith to people and keep people inspired. And He's not going to preach the gospel. He's going to preach faith. This is a hallmark of the Word of Faith movement. Keep people encouraged. But let me be honest for a moment. Let me be honest for a moment. But. About the last few months as a church. Here we go. We've not just been under attack. <laughs> We've come under absolute assault. In beyond the pandemic, and that's challenging enough. Mm -hmm. Because people are holding him accountable for yeah. his father and for what he didn't do, and that's the devil. Oh, okay. and and the whole thing with the, the guy that he put in charge, the guy that he told the entire world was the greatest thing since sliced bread, the amazing, you know, Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz, yeah, he's an egomaniac. Yeah, he was a bad dude, but this guy put him there. You groomed him. You set him up for this amazing success that he had, and then when he destroyed lives and destroyed your church, it's on your shoulders. It's not the media's fault. Uh, and maybe even because of the pandemic, it seems all hell has been Let's launched. Let's blame the pandemic for everything. Pam. And the pandemic. I told you, I talked to pastors everywhere. Uh, Doesn't he look like a, a gym coach? Looks like he's going to go bowling. <laughs> I got my bowling shoes on. I find that churches all over the world are dealing with the mentalities that have emerged out of COVID. And uh, churches everywhere are facing rebuild uh, and are facing, to be honest, all sorts of attacks. We don't have that on our own. But the difference is our church is a church that is global by God's grace. And so we're being attacked on a global stage. Mm. And uh, feel sorry for us. And so, you know, many of you, some maybe haven't got an idea, any idea that there have been so many false and That's misleading headlines and bowling people haven't Absolute, the media, <laughs> especially of an absolute fixation. They all have, uh, they all have the same With dozens and shirt. dozens of
headlines and slurs week after week after week, ranging from false, completely false, to misleading, and so on. And, uh, well, there's no doubt all hell has been unleashed against us. And he is not taking any responsibility for anything. Not really, no. Hey, you want to grab her? Come on, honey. Come on. You want to, see, to go out. You want to see Brian Houston? Oh. Come on, honey. Come on. Excuse us while we grab our dog. Come here, sweetie. Here, put her on my lap. Okay. There we go. She probably has to go out. Maybe not. Oh, my goodness. But here's what I find. What do you what find? What I find is yeah. God is on the throne. Good boy. He cares for his church. He promised to build his church. Mm -hmm. He is building his church. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest. Some of these false headlines, one was that I was stepping down and that our pastor then in London, Gary Clark, was taking over. False. Completely false. <laughs> Another was that a guy who faked cancer, who recorded a song on one of our albums. Some of you know who that is. <laughs> and according to the newspapers, he was on Hillsong United. He was on Hillsong staff. Completely false. Hillsong's been sued for $20 million at one stage. Completely false. Completely false. Completely false. That's not true, and I can give you example after example after example. So why am I telling you all this? Well, because we're in the middle of the battle. Mm. You know, there's at least three documentaries or docu-series that are being made about Hillsong, and every one of them has only one intention, and that's to do us harm. That's the intention. Us against them. Yeah. It's us against them. And what he's going to do by... Uh, saying what he's saying, what he's trying to do is just what we saw in Amway in the late 1990s yes. when the birth of the internet made it possible yeah. for people to find out what was really going on in Amway. Right. They had to talk about those evil, terrible losers on the internet. Yeah, but they're not like us. Because yeah. you know us. You are, You're don't with even, us. Don't even look at them. We're winners. Don't they're losers. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I heard of one filmmaker or film producer who was quoted as actually boasting he's going to bring Hillsong down. We'll see. We'll see, won't we? <laughs> Don't be scared by that. Completely false. Don't be scared by that. He won't succeed. <laughs> Australia have been trying to do that for tw over 20 years. Huh. And our Why? church is resilient. It just grows. It just keeps going forward. God keeps blessing us. It reminds me of Exodus chapter 1 where God's people came under point? attack yes. and persecution. They were being persecuted. But you know what the Bible says? They were putting... So he's being persecuted when anybody talks about all the stuff going on under the surface, any kind of the complaints. Trying to hold the, him accountable. No, it's all persecution. Yeah, this is painful. Burdens on them. They were giving them unbearable burdens and they were being afflicted by a new pharaoh who had risen up. But you know what? In the middle of all that, the Bible says the more they persecuted them, the more they multiplied and grew. So what he's saying here is that... They're the children of Israel. Yeah, and Hillsong should be blossoming right now. It should right. be growing like never before. And they have... Yeah, yeah, because they've been growing outside of persecution. Mm -hmm. Now he's oh, claiming yeah. that they're in this huge persecution, so they should be blooming even faster so, and bigger. So everybody who um, is in favor of promoting and continuing to grow Hillsong, just go ahead and watch and promote the Discovery Plus documentary about them because that kind of persecution is going to help them to grow even more so according to what he's saying right here. It, that's true. You shouldn't be afraid of this documentary. You should be <clears> promoting <throat> it and sharing it with as many people as possible. And say, can you believe this documentary? How bad it is? <laughs> These things couldn't possibly be true, right? 
Right? Right. That's what you got to do when you're in a church like this. You got to kind of put blinders on yeah. and pretend that things that are real aren't real. Right. Now, I'm not saying that the documentary is completely accurate. I'm sure there's things in there that are exaggerations yeah. or they're only giving one side of the story, but there's enough stuff that's being told that is true yeah. that it looks really bad. Yeah. That's what I believe is going to happen for us. Oh, yeah. That's what I believe is going to happen for us. <laughs> I had to God's going to turn it around, and the more they persecute us, yeah. the more we will multiply and grow. Like a cancer, or like, like rats. We'll multiply and grow. And this is the shocking result. Then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. I'm believing. In fact, we're already seeing it happen in so many ways. Oh, yeah, they're seeing it. in so many places. They're being vindicated. But still, make oh. no mistake. We're in a spiritual battle. Mm. Possibly bigger than ever before. And we've had some battles over the years. And, uh, but we've never been honest, caught. <laughs> those attacks have been becoming increasingly personal towards Bobby and I. Hmm. And so maybe you're wondering. Maybe that's because you deserve it. He's not letting you consider yeah. that possibility. Yeah. He can't. That's that's he's the front man. He's the he's the brand manager. He's the marketing director. He's the guy that's Pay no attention behind the man. <laughs> right. I am the great. That's an Oz. Of Oz. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Why else? Well, firstly, quite frankly, because you're guilty. The door was open. Maybe. Especially in Hillsong, New York and Hillsong East Coast, Hillsong East Coast, there's four campuses. So he's saying, yeah, there was an opening. So there was an opening there was instead a, of saying there we was were some, guilty. Yes. I put a guy in charge who never should have been a pastor. I repent. I am so sorry. Everything that's bad that's been said. Many is, people it's, have it's been my fault. Hurt because of this. I groomed this young man. I knew he was having sex with women. I knew he was doing these things. I had heard about it for years, and I put him in power because I knew he was going to help grow my brand. I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm going to step down, and I'm never going to be in ministry ever again. <clears throat> That's what he should be saying. Right. But he's trying to protect the brand at this point. Yeah. This was, again... Doors this, are open. <laughs> it's, it's only getting better, he's saying, back in July of 2021. Yeah, here we go. Of what we initially called Hillsong, New York. So it's Hillsong in New York, in Montclair, which is in New Jersey, just across from New York, Connecticut, which is just north of New York City, and then in Boston, Massachusetts. And yeah, I think a door has been opened. A door has been opened. I wanted to make sure we got to that part of the video and didn't skip it. So, yeah, it was not just a door being opened. It was grievous sin. Yeah, and they deserve to be uh, exposed. Right, exposed. And, and they, it, Scripture even talks about that. Yeah, they deserve to have uh, a lot of... They had to have a, They deserve to have a magnifying glass put yeah. on their organization. Okay, that's the point I wanted to make sure we got to. There's so much the devil's there. losing territory. He's talking a lot about the devil, isn't he? Losing territory. He's losing territory. And ter so, yes... It's a tack, I think, because the devil is intimidating. The devil's intimidating. Oh, again. Impact and influence and see the kingdom of God with momentum growing and spreading and people coming to Jesus. Her, and amazing, amazing things that though. are leading people towards the kingdom of heaven. Perky. It's, it's not just... So if you're getting people to raise their hand and make decisions, which is not real Christianity, I'm not saying that there are no sincere Christians. I'm not saying that at all. But this, you know... An entire sermon about motivational speaking with a light frosting of biblical terminology sprinkled on top sparsely 
And then you have a little prayer at the end where you say, if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, just go ahead and put your hand up. But keep your eyes closed. That's not that's not how you build a church at all. It just isn't. So um, I'm not going to go there because we'll get on another tangent. But that's their excuse to say that, you know, we're doing all this good stuff all over the world. It's it's the devil that's causing all of this to be stopped because of all the good we're doing. It's an attack on Hillsong, though. Honestly, <sighs> it's an attack on all we stand for. Yeah. Our Christian values. Yeah, okay. Of coming around God's word. Oh, we still haven't gotten here, yeah. Justice and peace. Salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you bring people together. You don't divide. You bring together. Help us, Lord, to know the power and value in unity. So he's saying that there's a power in unity, that if you don't have unity, you're going to be, uh, the devil's going to hurt you and he's going to get in there and cause all this bad stuff to happen. But if you can be in unity together, then you can fight the devil better. Which is basically saying, do what we tell you. Yeah. Believe what we tell you. Be part of this group. Don't go outside the group and get information from other sources. This is what cults do. I've right. said it in other videos. Mm -hmm. If you go to a church where they don't want you to hear any other viewpoints except their own viewpoint, that's a really bad sign. Now, if you go to a church that has a specific doctrine and they want you to you know, read the books from their church and all that, that makes sense. You know, We're confessional Lutherans. There are lots of other confessional Lutheran churches, but we all share that core of theology that that's what it meant to be a Lutheran was to have a certain biblical theology going back to the 1500s. I think that's the way the church is clear on things. So I'm not saying everyone should have completely different ideas and every church should be each man for himself. But if you don't even, like for instance, if we went to our pastor and said, hey, I was reading about the Presbyterian uh, book of confessions that they believe he wouldn't say how dare you read that you know that's against our right, rules no. he would say yeah let's talk about it let's yeah, compare engage let's, in discussion. let's see how they view right. scripture and see he'd it. be using his mind be, and, and we'd be looking at it compared to scripture so and the way it impacts back into not only the life of our church but our own lives have your way father i pray and keep leading people towards you no matter what is coming against you god is on your side here we go <laughs> That's terrible. That's so, terrible. So this is the new senior pastor, her and her husband, Phil and Lucinda Dooley. Now Chris Roseborough did a sermon review already on Phil just in the last month or two. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put that link here because it's really good and he points out the guy's already on very shaky theological ground and this lady had the unfortunate job of going up and trying to do a sermon after Bobby Houston was basically canned canned and <clears throat> then her and her husband got really mad and started making social media who uh, but I think it was, I think it was, I know it was Brian. I think Bobby did okay. as well, but it may That's be the couple. But basically Houston. he's saying to the entire world, Hillsong is a bunch of jerks because they're being mean to my wife. How dare them? And the the Hillsong organization that's trying to, you know, hold on to the sinking ship put out a press conference sort of a thing that said basically, well, what actually happened was we had a meeting with her and we told her that we were going to be asking her to step down. Now, are they lying completely? I don't think so. But basically that's what we're, what, what happened was Bobby Houston was offended that they asked her to step down. But the church is saying, well, we already had a physical in-person meeting with her weeks ago to discuss this. So she's acting like it came out of nowhere when that's not the truth. So we don't know. So she has to come in and try to do this pep talk. I referred to it as a shrill pep talk. Now, what I did with her 
you're going to be thanking me. If you want to listen to her, I'll put the link. It's so painful, the way she talks. It's this shrill... Well, that's why you had a headache. Yeah, so I... Yeah. Brian Houston, I sped up. Yeah. uh, You're slowing her down. I slowed her down, and she's much more pleasant to listen to. It's still not very pleasant, but it's much more pleasant. But you guys are amazing, and I feel like you're really... um, I just want to say I am... I am sorry that we find ourselves in this situation as a church, but I do feel that your amazing heart towards the Lord and he sees that and he knows that and he is with us. So good days ahead, church. Good days ahead. And I get the amazing privilege on a day like today (laughs) of coming around God's word. How incredible is that? We're going to come around the word together and um, it actually is a huge privilege. And this morning, church, I've called my message that I want to bring to us. Wait for it. I've called my message, don't give up, but dream again. (laughs) Nobody's ever used that title. Wow. (laughs) And and this is the thing. She's going to use the dry bones in Ezekiel 37. And I... I'm not going to show this right now because we're going long as it is. But if you just type in Ezekiel 37 dreams. And all those different sermons from different pastors, right? They're all the same. So after we recorded this, I'm now in the process of editing it. And today I found this unbelievably bad sermon from an unbelievably bad pastor, Chris Vallotton. That there is a valley of dry bones rising. I'm starting to wonder if there's maybe a handbook of pastoral cliches and misappropriated Bible verses that all of these guys are using as a reference. And the way it's going to rise is going to be unique to Hillsong because Hillsong is going to put on the mantle of a prophet and begin to prophesy to the dead bones and the dead bones are going to rise. So not only is Chris Valentin misappropriating the same story from Ezekiel chapter 37, he's also making this very clear and specific prediction that in 27 months, there's going to be a super miracle thing happening at Hillsong, New York. So my calculations show that to be in, I believe, July, June or July of the year 2024. Do you think anybody's going to check on this? No, it's too far off. They'll forget about it by then. 27 months from now, what was dead came to life. What we never thought would come back would come back is coming back and it's going to come back as something much more beautiful. I believe in 27 months that what was dead will come to life in a way that no one's ever predicted. And there are people exiting Hillsong that are calling Ichabod, the glory has departed, and the Lord said, no, that is not the commentary on a movement that has changed, literally rocked the world. That there is a valley of dry bones rising. But I mean, there's a lot of people that all harp on that. They're all saying, you know, they turn it into whatever you want it to be. It's not, it's not, um, what do I want to say? It's not very, um, oh, I can't think of the word. You're talking about prescriptive prescript no, versus well, descriptive? No, that, that as well, but, but it's not original. I no. mean, these, these, they all do that yes. and they all use the scripture the same way. Now there, there's a way that you can view, you know, people preaching a sermon and they all sound similar and that's because they're actually following scripture. <laughs> right. 
That's but, true. But this story is about the resurrection. It's about people being brought back to life. It's a it's a type of what's gonna gonna come with Jesus and his resurrection and the re resurrection that we will someday have. Um, and again, Chris did a video on this from Perry Noble two years ago or more. Who, and the per same. Perry Noble did the same thing. And there's there's an unlimited number of sermons where they use this story from the Old Testament to say that, hey, if you've got something in your life that's dead, just like those dry bones, you can make them... This is the promise. You can speak life back into and them it's, again. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's a, a promise. promise from God. Yeah. When can she start Don't howling? give up. Dream again. Look me in the eyes, church. <laughs> if I was having a coffee with you today, I just want to say this to you. Don't give up. Just dream again. Can I say it again? Don't give up, just dream again. In our Chinese service and in our Perth location, I want to say today to all of you, don't give up, but let's dream again. Don't give up, but dream again. And we're not going to give up. What is there to give up to? What is it? How about a different church? She doesn't leave that option open. How about giving it up to the truth? Yeah. How about how about giving up this this brand name that is pretending to be a church when it's got a lot more in common with a giant publishing company, right? Or an entertainment company, really. Yeah. It's what it is, because it's got live venues, it's got the publishing rights to the music, which is a hundreds of millions of dollars industry. Wow. To give up to, we can't give up church. We've just got to dream again, and so that's okay. So dreaming again and giving up are completely different things. What is she doing? She's conflating. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing in the Bible about having faith in God is the exact same thing as dreaming again. Mm -hmm. it, this and is if so... you don't, if you're not dreaming, that doesn't mean you're giving up. Yeah what I want to um, speak to us today about. And I want to start this morning by reading a prayer. I want to pray over us. Is that okay? I'm going to read a prayer. And if it isn't, well, I'm not there's just nobody can say prayer. anything. I'm so why say that? Over us. And it's in Ephesians chapter one. This is my prayer for our church today. I Note the passion translation. Uh, it's not a real Bible. Pray. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light. Okay, I just want to keep this here for a second. Yeah. Um, then that is many people My knowledge. leg's falling asleep. <laughs> so if, I, if I'm if i kind of sitting funny, it's I hey, can't feel my leg. You're sitting funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's that lady doing there? She's sitting funny like. I can't feel my leg. Wish I can feel it, but it's just numb. I'm going to use the ESV Okay. because more people have that. Uh, 118. Okay, um, can you read the Passion Translation? I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of hope of his calling. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance tenses that he finds us in his holy ones what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints in the saints there is nothing about the lights the the um the light of yeah, flooding you with light mm -hmm. he just brian simmons is a he's a he's a heretic he's a creep 
and he's a blasphemer. He takes the Bible and he just adds words all over the place because he thinks the Holy Spirit has given him permission to alter the Word of God. This is just a small example of it. And the reason I'm pointing it out is because she's going to talk about, you know, what? <laughs> isn't it amazing to think that you can have God flooding you with light? That's New Age, isn't it? it? Exactly, that's New Age. Yeah. Until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance. That is that he finds us in, that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. And then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power that is at work through you. Guess what part is not in the actual Bible verse? Then your lives will Adver be an, advertisement. Ad an, an advertisement or an ad advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. That's Brian Simmons saying, I want to pretend like I have tons of power, just like Sid Roth and Todd White and everybody else in that camp. And I'll put it in the Bible. I'll just go ahead and put it in the Bible. Oh, wow. So what does it really say? Well, Ephesians um, 1.19. And this is actually a run-on sentence, which okay. is what Paul does a lot. Yeah. Um, Oops. So it's a continuation of the previous idea. Uh, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So it's about Christ's power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The emphasis here is about Christ and, Christ. and his authority. Yes. And, and his dominion. Yes. And church, I pray that today. I pray with all of my heart that the light of God would illuminate our eyes today. I pray that he'll illuminate our eyes. I pray as we come around the word today, it will be illuminated to you. I pray that he will flood you with light today. I How can he illuminate the word of God when you're not even reading it? Right. So it's already Gnosticism by the fact that Brian Simmons, the writer of the stupid Passion Translation, he already added stuff. Because Wasn't he a part of KISS? <laughs> 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 this is Brother Gene. But, um, hey! Every time you say his name, I Brian always think Simmons. of Kiss. <laughs> I tell you, I've never done a video on Brian Simmons because I cannot keep my temper about that man. Wow. He's so aggravating. He's an absolute heretic and blasphemer. I mean, I'm not using that word as an exaggeration. Sometimes, right. you know, I, I know we're all guilty of that at times. We say things. No, he is literally a blasphemer. It's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I pray that... By the way, Mike Winger has done an awesome job. I don't have the patience, and he's just a super smart guy, but he did a whole series about the Passion Translation and how wrong it is. 
And I haven't even watched all of his videos because I don't have the patience to watch even <laughs> his good videos about this bad guy and his bad translation. It just irritates me too much. But I, I do recommend them. You will experience the full revelation of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Well, there the he is. hope that we have in Jesus. And I pray today that you will experience, continue to experience his immeasurable greatness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can you all smile at me this morning? Yes. <laughs> How amazing is It's so much worse at full speed. Yeah. Is she uncomfortable or what? Smile at me. It's like, again, these people are being treated like they're aware. In grade school. In grade school. Or kindergarten. Yeah. Come look in my face. Can everybody smile at me? Come on. Don't tell like them to smile. Right. If they're smiling, it's because you force them to with your uncomfortable speech. Because she's uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable and they're have uncomfortable. Have to mop up a mess. Yeah. It's that thought that God will flood us. You know what, though? These people are used to it. That's the thing. <clears throat> we go to a normal church just like normal people have always gone to. <laughs> or people don't do weird things and somebody, hypnotize you. Somebody said in one of our... our our episodes in the comments that it reminded him of romper room. Yes. And I said, yeah. and I said, no, in romper room, they actually learn something. <laughs> I don't know. Who even knows what romper room is? <laughs> That's like from 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, when we were kids. It's, we'd yeah. see that before school. It was a kid's show. Yeah, for preschoolers. Okay, come on, everybody. Look up here and smile at me. I see Susie <laughs> and I see <laughs> Danny. I, I would like him to flood me with light today. I would like him to pour his hope into me today. I would like him to lift my life and show me his greatness today. And that is what I'm praying over all of us as a church this morning. So my message is don't give up, but dream again. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> My t um, and in a season like this, I had to do that because you know Hillsong will give me a copyright strike if I don't. Strike. You need to do stuff need, like that. I need to alter it. Yeah. Yes, I want to say this: in a season like this, where there is much challenge, <laughs> where there is much challenge, in a season like this, where there is much loss, we've got to keep you going. In a season like this, where there you've is uncertainty, you've got to keep believing us, right? Yeah. In a season where there is can be fear, please don't quit. In a season where there can be anxiety. Lots right on me right now. <laughs> Just listen to me. In a season where there and can obey. be fatigue. Hey, why don't you repeat this some more? In a season where there can be loneliness. Oh, I like the way she's pointing out all the bad stuff going on. She's <laughs> <laughs> just driving it. I never thought about that. <laughs> I have been lonely. Yeah, now that you mention it. <laughs> this place stinks. In a season where there can be pain. In a season she's where selling can me be on this place. <laughs> but the cameras are showing us all the lines of people leaving. And <laughs> <laughs> Survival mode. In a season where there can be numbness. Oh, yeah. Numbness. I want numbness right now. In a season <laughs> where hope can be deferred. In a season where there can be anger. Or in a season where there can be doubt. Or in a season, season. where there can be deep disappointment. A I would season. like to say to our church. You know what I just realized? I got this mixer now with the mics plugged in. Yeah. I could hook up my drum machine. Oh, okay. I could be playing along with this. <laughs> I got it right there. In those seasons, calm down. With all of my heart, with all of my passion, I want to urge your heart. Don't I want quit. to encourage your yeah. heart. Stay, stay with Don't us. Don't give up. 
Don't quit. Don't give up because we're going to dream again. I just got this job. Don't give up. We're going to dream again. I think I got it. And you know what? Sometimes what? people have given up oh boy. on their dreams. Some of us in this room may have given up on our dreams. Some of us here may have, been, may have forgotten how to dream. And some of us may just not even have a dream. But I'll... How about if you preached a sermon that wasn't 100% cliche after Driven. cliche? It's, there's nothing here. Nothing here. There, I mean, this is absolute emptiness. Yeah, this frosting a... would be more filling than this. <laughs> you... There's no cake. There's no frosting. We don't have any ingredients here to really discuss. I want to encourage our hearts. Oh, there's a frosting on the cake. No, this isn't the frosting on the do cake. You remember, do you remember years ago when we were going to art fairs and... Uh, there was some, I think it was an online thing that allowed you to type in your uh, reviews of the art show. Of the art shows. <laughs> and I was really mad because we went to an art show that promoted itself in a and way it was that was false. It was not honest at all. Yeah. And we, we, we hardly made any money. It was a pain in the neck. And but I we put, had fun. And I put something about the icing on the sawdust filled cake. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I wish I would have screenshot of that. that was Encouraging my heart today. I'm not going to give up and I'm going to dream again. I'm not going to give up on my own dreams. I'll about, beat this into you. How about, <laughs> how about I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in my own dreams and I'm going to go to a different church. That's right. Can they say that? I'm going to dream again. I'm not going to give up on our church's dream. We're going to dream again. No, I don't that's want you to give about. up on your dream. We're going to dream again. We're going to dream again for our businesses. We're going to dream again for our families. We're going to dream again. For I slowed this down 20%. I want to hear what she's like fast. Yeah, um, I want to hear what she's normal. I want to hear the normal. Don't y'all want to hear the normal part of her? And then we'll probably, our ears will bleed. But at least okay, we'll hear it. I'm not going to give Okay, okay, I'm going to do this just for a second. Just for a second. Well, for a... Um, a few moments. Okay, good. This yeah. is when she starts howling, right? Our dog? It could be. Okay, I just got to warn you people at home. You may need to have protective med devices. Or med medical help after this. <laughs> <laughs> Get 911 in your speed dial. Ready. We're going to dream again for our businesses. We're going to dream again for our families. We're going to dream again for our um, distant relatives. We're going to dream again for our church. We're going to dream again for our city. No. We're going to dream again for our nation. We're going to dream again for the continents of this earth. We are going to dream again because if the light of God is illuminating us, I believe that enables us to dream these wild... <sighs> 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 I don't know how the dog could be sleeping through I that. I was in a bad mood this week. I know he was. Oh. That's not fun for me. Uh. Okay, so if this wasn't in the video that you're watching right now, it's because I got a copyright strike and I had to take it down and redo it. Okay. Which will oh, take and that specific... hours of time. Oh. But I don't think that was long enough for the. I don't know. Let's let's put her at eighty-four percent instead of eighty-eight percent. Right. She might sound even better. Okay. We're going to dream again for our um, distant relatives. We're going to dream again for our church. We're going to you know dream what? again for our city. We're going to dream again for our... I just want to say, if, if you are giving people... <clears throat> it's okay, honey. It's okay. It's over now. I was why, getting mesmerized. Why do, they, why do they have to always do this where they say, it, it could be in your home. It could be in your work. It could be in your... like. They, they have their own brains. They it's can like spoon like, fed. Yeah. Here's Here a you. piece of applesauce. Here's some more applesauce. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. Um, um. <laughs>
Like they don't. Let's t- switch to peaches. You don't know how to dream, so I'm going to give you all these examples. I'm going to pound it into you because you're too. I don't know. They're brain dead or something, so they think they got to. Or, or they're just filling time. It's like chitty chitty bang bang. Yeah. It's oh, two and I a half. Chitty chitty bang bang. Two and a half hours with about two hours of filler and a half an hour Good of actual content. Movie. <laughs> We're going to dream again for the continents of this earth. We are going to dream again because if the light of God is illuminating us, I believe that enables us to dream these wild and crazy dreams. What? What what Bible verse is that? Yeah, and what are the wild and crazy dreams? What are they? What are they? Whatever you want them to be. And what is the church's wild and crazy dream? Whatever it wants it to be. Well, I think they've already gone through many of them. Yeah. And what's the nightmare? We want to have an unlimited budget for our pastors who can go out and drink and have sex with each other and uh, some of the parishioners. And all the volunteers will be doing all the hard work for free. And we'll. Yes, is this. And then we get all this money revenue from all of the music. Yep. And uh, we'll get flown around the world and people will applaud for us and treat us like rock stars let's see uh maybe so maybe the dream crazy should be we actually get into the word of god and we actually repent. hey hey hey, hey. that's too crazy <laughs> that's too crazy for hillsong Amen. That's my dream. And so in this season, that is what I want to encourage us to do. Now, I'm going to read today from a text. It's in Ezekiel 37. Oh, wow. What a shock. Ezekiel 37. It's a famous... um, She looks like Joyce Meyer. I kind of guess if you've been a Christian for a while, it's one of those famous passages. If you haven't been a Christian for a while, it's okay. You're going to learn it. But it's called The Valley of Dry Bones. Hey, we're doing a video right now. Before I read to you um, or share with you around this passage today, I want to tell you a little bit about this. I want to just preempt it with a little bit of information. Or you could just read it. So in this story, Ezekiel chapter 37, Israel in this story okay. had wandered far from God. Okay, this is too slow. Israel had lost its way. I cannot take it. Israel had given up its faith. That's what was happening. They were so about Israel to quit had gone their church. Far from God and given up its oh, yeah. faith. Israel had lost its way, and Israel had lost all hope. When, when Ezekiel had this vision, at the end of it, it pretty much looked. And so that's just a little background of where we're going to go with this story, but don't worry, it ends well. (laughs) (laughs) But it does look like the aftermath of a battle. So we're going to pick the story up in Ezekiel chapter 7, 37, Ezekiel 37 verses 1. I'm going to read one. I got to give her credit. She actually reads the Bible, um, which is more than you can say for a lot of these people. Yep. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But she's 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 a trooper. She's using the New Living Translation, which is a translation. It's very modern, and sometimes it's actually really good. There's some times where it's like, eh, that was too modern. It doesn't really get the actual meaning. But I don't, I don't speak against it. I, it's not my primary Bible, but I do sometimes use it. Chapter 37. Here we go. It says, Here the Lord took hold of me. This is the vision that Ezekiel had. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all among the bones that were covered in the valley, that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then she you will know that I am the Lord. She sounds kind of so cute at this higher message, speed. Just as he told She's me. Not so Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves to complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones and then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic, a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and they stood on their feet, a great army. And everybody said, amen. What an amazing Amazing 10 verses there is here, church. And I want us to have a look at this together. So we're going to go back to the beginning and we're going to um, just go through the passage together. But as it begins here, it says, The Lord took hold of me. He carried me away. He led me among the bones that covered the floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. Oh, yeah. They were scattered and they were dried out. Do you know that word dried out? The word dried out, church, it actually means they were disgraced. Why is it not they, they were disgraced. I don't know, Another meeting. Just do this. That's what I do. Hey, Sarah, I'm eating. Yeah. So what are we talking about? She's. <laughs> I'm watching the dog right now. She's um. She's totally wrong. I looked it up. She's saying that this word is actually disgraced. Oh, disgraced. Yeah, the dry bones. It's Was actually disgraced? it means disgraced. It doesn't. It means dry. It just means what it is. It's dry. <clears throat> now I think what she found is that. In Hebrew, there's, you know, these little things that they're a form of letters. Yeah. There are sometimes, uh, there's little clumps that are, could be a part of a different word. Mm -hmm. But when you add the other part, it doesn't have the meaning of that other word at mm -hmm. all anymore. So I think she found something like that. And then she, you know, wants to pretend that it means disgraced. I don't know, maybe because she's going to a church that's dealing with that problem. See, now it's not doing it of the word dried out is that they would have actually had to be had had to have been very very dead hmm. <laughs> <gasps> see bones now listen for bones to be the dried out they have to be dead for minimum of three weeks but more likely in this um, passage it would have been three and a half years so these bones we're talking about an impossible okay this is so incredibly pointless all she's going to do is turn this story, this this um, passage, into an example of what are the dry bones in your life? Oh, she's hot again. And a dry bone in this story is the exact same thing as whatever you want it to be. It's your dreams. You this is what everybody water? does. And it's a complete misuse of the scripture, which is really supposed to be focusing on God resurrecting us. Not resurrecting our dreams. Yeah. But resurrecting dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much further I want to go with this, because that's the point I wanted to make. I wanted to show that she's she's saying that this, you know, if you, here, let me hang on a second. Sometimes the Living Translation does that. It gives all the possibilities of what that word might mean. No, that's not the Living Translation. You're thinking of the Parif am Amplified. Amplified. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, sorry about that. The Amplified. Um, <clears throat> my bookshelf is where the camera's mounted. Yep, and he's looking there, right there. I'm trying to help... I'm trying to help puppy drink water. Sorry. It's been hard. She's like having a baby, you know? And she's stubborn still, too. She won't come when she's when I asked her to come. 
I'm just going to do this quick. Um, a lot of you have Bible programs, and there's free ones, you know, web programs. I think Bible Hub is one of them. I, I, I just type in stuff. I forget what the name of the actual website is. Yeah. But if you don't use computers and you don't want to use the Internet, that's fine. You can find one of these. This is an old Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. And you can find them in used bookstores probably for, I don't know, 10. That's old-fashioned. 10 bucks or something. It yeah. has every word in the Bible. It's the King James Bible. This is pretty old. This one was, It was originally published, and I think it's in the public domain now. Okay. So I just looked up dry. Yeah. Because that's what you said, dry bones. And um, what it does is you have to go through a lot of pages of... It's all alphabetical, but it's a lot of little tiny words. And I think that's what it was, dry or dry bones. I don't want to back it up. Whatever she said, I... I looked it up, but I have three different um, concordances. But here's what happens. Um, when you find the word that you're trying to understand more about, it has a number next to it. And it's a, uh, it's a long number. It's, it's four digits. So in the very back, after you get through all of the words, every single word, it appears. Every time it appears in the Bible, it's here. So like the word the is literally here, you know, wow. a million times. <clears throat> then you get to the end and it has, here's all the it's and of's and the's. It has a, um, here we go. Here's the dictionary. <clears throat> In fact, I meant, and so Sorry, you, look, you look up, now you don't look up alphabetically, you look up that number of the word and then it tells you, a quick, it's like a quick little uh, Hebrew dictionary. And I remember the number. It was 7,001. I don't know how to speak. Oh, no, it wasn't 7,001. Because this isn't it. I, I'm sorry, I didn't prepare this. He'll Bas be editing. <clears throat> Basically, <laughs> whatever the number is, it has a quick little definition of that word. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like, oh, gosh, I don't know Hebrew. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know how to do any of that hard stuff. If you buy one of these books, again, they've been around forever. So even if you got a new one, that's worth it but you can get them used really cheap because there's they've been around forever just like bibles <clears throat> you can look up and get the general meaning it doesn't have a huge long detailed explanation of every word but it has a little bit and so it's not that hard and of course if you find an, a, a concordance online which there are plenty of you're doing the exact same thing without having to go through all the pages uh, I do have actual dictionaries with more detail I actually have logos which has so much detail it's almost overwhelming mm -hmm. but when a pastor does this, and of course she's not supposed to be a pastor, she's a woman. The Bible explicitly teaches that women can do all sorts of things, but they can't be leaders of churches, which is right. what she's doing here. So she's already disobeying the Bible right. by being in this position. But she's telling you that the Bible says something that it doesn't say. and, and It's another strike against her. And I'm not saying this like, um, you know, I'm better than her. Right. People get... People get really offended when you point out things that they've been overlooking for years and years and years, and it makes them very uncomfortable. And so instead of dealing with the issue of what they're uncomfortable about, they often do this, um, I'm going to get mad at the messenger. Mm -hmm. So they get mad they at me or you, right? or they, they, they have really bad arguments about, well, did you go to her in person and talk to her privately? Well, no, this is not a personal matter. She's speaking publicly. Um, public forum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I don't have a personal problem with her. I'm just explaining why I think her theology is wrong right. and how she's misusing God's word. And everybody can do that. And if a pastor is not okay with that, well, that's not a good pastor. Right. A pastor should be willing all times, no matter how big they get, they should be willing to say, 
let me know if I got this wrong. Because I, I want to show reverence for God and for his word. Because it really is his word. How is God represented on the earth? By his word. There's no reverence anymore. They think the Bible is like this handbook for life skills. Or whatever they want it to be. Whatever, yeah. So mm -hmm. if you think of the Bible that way, then everything else is wrong by definition. You've got a bad foundation there. So that's why I make such a fuss about this sort of a thing and why I'm making these sorts of videos and have been you know, doing all right. this blogging and stuff. Because I had to do it myself. We were going to churches where I noticed some of this stuff mm -hmm. and I was looking at the Bible and looking at the pastor and going, well, he just said this, but the Bible says something different. And it, it's been like a 10-year path where we've been doing this thing. Right. and It's been really difficult, but it's been really healthy. And we're, we're really happy with, with the, the way that God has used his word to finally start teaching us some things. Yeah. And not going off on all these bunny trails and being confused by it. Yeah. And we don't want people to, to be confused by their Christian church experience. Right. And if you've been confused by people like Brian Houston, it's, it's, it's that guy's fault. Right. And, of course, it's your fault, too, for listening to him. But now you right. know better. So is she going to howl or what? Let's see. Let's see. Book dead situation. Oh, did you hear that? Dry out disgraced. Oh, and then get her going. Probably looked a little bit like this image that may come up on the screen. I had other images, but they're a little bit too hectic. I really want to write it look like. Oh, look, she's sure. got a picture of a desert. I wasn't sure what to it's show. It would have been this dry. Because we don't know what a desert looks like unless she puts a picture on the thing. Dead, impossible situation. You get the picture. And then he asked me, he asked me this question. Here we go. Son of man, can these bones live again? What an amazing question. And I want to ask you today, I just want to ask you, yeah. do you believe? What is that? Oh. Is it bad? Do you believe? Yeah. One more. Can come back here we go. One more. Are you all well done now? She gave it all she's got. She's given all she's Folks. got, Captain. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't know. We've got another 28 minutes. You want to come? Uh, no. I don't think your dog can handle it. Even if we could. She's yeah. panting. She needs to go. Yeah. I think she has to go outside. Okay, so. Anyway. That was long. That was really long. And Good. since Steve didn't really do our timer right, we have no idea how long this is. Hey, you're the one that started it, didn't you? No. Oh. No, you did. I have, so I'll have to be in charge of it next time. I think we're at like an hour and 30 minutes. Anyway. Hour and 40 minutes. Thank you. It's our normal coming. length. Yes. Thanks, you guys. Hopefully. We are so thrilled to be able to have an audience. So thank you for everybody. Yes, we appreciate thank it. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Yes, thank and you. And remember, we have a website with tons and tons and tons of resources. So please use them. That's why I put this thing together. There's all these playlists on the YouTube channel. And there's all, all sorts of recommended channels who are putting out really, really good stuff. <clears throat> much more so than just we can do on our own. Mm -hmm. So we really want you to do your own research. We don't want you to think you know it all because you watched just a few videos. We have more good stuff in the works. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to be able to do even more in the upcoming year. I have all sorts of ideas and plans, and I'm finding that there aren't enough hours in the day to do all the stuff that's in my head. But, yeah. but anyway, thanks. And if you haven't subscribed, I, we never tell people to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Click the button. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Hit I, the bar. Most people no, we hit already, the bar. Yeah, we hit well, the bar. Well, you can hit your own bar. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else I forgot? Um, thank you for everybody who supported us. And if you see it, 
prayers. Oh, yeah. We have the AGTV thing. Yes. And we have the Patreon thing. What's we the have, AGTV thing? It, well, we make, we make videos about one a month. I was hoping to do two a month, but we go into more detail about the history of the church and about theology. And we tell, tell a little bit more of the details of our own personal story, which sometimes people ask for. And, and then the, the AGTV 3 AGTV, movie. Oh, that's coming out too, but that's not for a while American yet. Gospel. American Gospel. If you movie, haven't seen the movie, yeah. please watch the first two movies. They're amazing. Buy them. You have to actually pay for them. It's worth every penny. And uh, get them so that you can re-watch them. Don't just rent them one time. I really yeah. recommend them. Uh, the Patreon page is yes. where you can see those same videos directly from us. It's the same video. One is over at... And AGTV and one is with our patron. If you were to spend twelve dollars a month, do six dollars with them and six dollars with our patron. That'd be great. You'd be killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. We don't want people to spend money if they can't afford it. No. So don't. That's the other thing I wanted to say. Yes, we. Uh, I, I'm in this weird spot where I love making YouTube videos, which are totally free. You don't have to pay for this, obvious, obviously. And the Patreon thing was a way for us to get more money so I would have the income needed to put the time into this stuff. And he puts a lot of time into yeah, this stuff. Yeah, so that's he, been wonderful and great. That. But as a result, I'm also spending more time on the videos because I feel like, well, gosh, people are actually giving us a small monthly amount. I want to make sure these videos are really good. So um, after I finish these videos, I'm thinking these are really, really good. But now I have a very small audience because people are only seeing these because they... You know our patrons, or oh, they're, or they're seeing. Yeah. So if you can't afford six bucks or eight month buck bucks a month, I'm losing my ability to speak. Yeah, because he's been talking too, too much. much. Yeah. If you are broke and you want to see our videos, please email me. Just use the contact form on the Messed Up Church website. No shame at all. We've been broke most of our lives, and it's really good information if you want to learn more about our story. But more importantly, if you want to get a better understanding of the background of the modern evangelical church and how it got to be mm -hmm. the thing that it is today. I'm doing more of the historical behind the scenes or kind of background. It's a little more detail-y. It's a little slower paced. And there's book recommendations and stuff like that. So if you want to subscribe, great. If you can't afford it, please let me know. And I, I, and I, I won't ask questions. It's, there's no shame at all. Like I said. Okay. How long have we been broke for about 97% of our lives, would you say? Just when we thought maybe things were going up. Yeah. Like with this, with this art career. But then we tried to dream again. Oh, yeah. And the dry bones in our lives turned into flesh. So she needs to get going here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Quit, quit your yammering. I'm sorry, but I, I always forget stuff every I video. I do. It's good. Thank okay, you we're so done. much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye. You feel that just lifting. It's lifting.